0: Joined every weekday morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? Uh, we take the
1: weekends off from each other. Right. Uh, I am pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good day to be Fantone, I guess. How was the weekend? I was good, man. It was eventful. I feel like we got a full weekend out of everything. Started off. Um, At uh, Tom Benson Stadium up there in uh, in in, in beautiful Canton, Ohio. How was that? I've been there. Um, It was awesome, dude. It really was. It was uh, the Bulldogs taking on the Hudson Explorers. So um, glad to report on a victory there. I hate Hudson. So that was good. Um, But I, I, I will say, I mean, outside of like, oh, well, the game was good. And, you know, getting into like, well, here's the high school football scouting report. Just watching a game in that stadium was phenomenal, dude. The fact that that's a high school stadium is kind of mind-boggling, and like... I, you it's got to
0: be a really big home field advantage, oh, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you think about it; it has like, to be. You know, you're a sophomore, junior in high school, and you're used to playing, you know, in normal high school stadiums. Then right. all of a sudden, you're out there under those bright lights and kind of that huge stadium. That has to be intimidating to to other teams. I there. would imagine so. Has to be. Yeah, and I mean, just from the perspective of, I mean, obviously it wasn't a sellout, and you know, it wasn't full or anything, but like it just felt <clears> like <throat> special. It felt like as you. Were Walking into like a playoff it, game, it felt like you weren't in Canton. It felt like you like had like gone somewhere. It felt like you were, you know you, you it, I don't want to say it felt like the Brown Stadium because it wasn't that big. No, somebody won, but at the same time, but at the same time, it felt very much like a professional sporting event. Just like the you know the entranceway to it and the steps of it, you didn't feel like you were in high school. So I, uh, well, you're I, not in high school. Well, I mean, <laughs> so I, that part's good. Honestly, it was a um, it was two thumbs up. I, I what a blessing for this city to have. And I mean, for those students that get to play there on a regular basis, like you guys get, you know, something that a vast majority of high school football players will never have. So oh, some they, colleges don't have a stadium right, that exactly. nice. Exactly. I was going to say, I mean, like there's plenty of colleges. I would say this was nicer than the, the one up in Akron, whatever that place is called, not the jar, but whatever their football stadium is called. Yeah, I don't know what that's um, called. Nicer. This is definitely nicer than that. Like not even, not even a, I mean, not it would even have a question. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I would imagine unless you're like a top tier, you know, collegiate
1: program, that stadium probably nicer than most. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was something else. And, you know, it'll just be a blessing for this community to have moving forward. And um, once again, kind of makes me double down on the concept of like, thank you, Hall of Fame, for everything you guys are doing. And like, hopefully you continue to pump more money into this. Yeah, I would
0: think so. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, I'd I, I imagine. Yeah, it was uh, it was that, that that was pretty awesome. Saturday went to like a family party, and then Sunday just kind of did like the Sunday afternoon thing, like you know, watch a little bit of that Browns game, watched a little bit of the back of my eyelids, kinda did the clean up around the house thing. So a pretty good weekend. What's your story? So Friday night it worked. I was at the agora and we had uh twisted in one of the uh, one of the juggalo groups. Yeah, one of the ICP
0: and, affiliates. And uh one of the groups that opened up was a was a group called the Moonshine Bandits which is like a country rap thing. But they're from, like, Northern California. They're from, like, you know, north of Oakland or whatever. And, you know, like, I I don't know, somewhere around there, right? But it's like the Moonshine Bandits, and it's like country hip-hop, right? And so they open their setup with the national anthem. All right. like to see how that goes at a Juggalo show. What happened? And uh, so everybody cheers. Everybody's standing up doing the whole thing, right? And I wasn't – I couldn't see the stage from where I happened to be bartending for this particular moment, right? And – I just thought to myself as I heard the national anthem, I cannot lie, the first thought that went through my head is, should they be doing that right now? And I thought to myself like, oh my god, here we are in 2017 where when I hear the national anthem, the first thing I think of anymore is not pride in my country, not thankful that I live in a free society, none of it. But should that be done right now? And I thought to myself like, oh my god, how times have changed. Especially when you think about the fact that today is the 16th anniversary. Of Which I always think the word anniversary doesn't or really fit weird. with like, yeah, it feels weird to use that word for something so tragic. But it is today. And yet, look how far we've come or fallen in 16 years. Now, we're now where I hear the national anthem. The first thing I think of is, ooh, somebody's going to be in trouble.
1: <laughs> now, when you first heard it, were they being like disrespectful? No. It was just like they just played the national they anthem. They played and- a
0: recording of it okay. as they were coming out. That's it. That's all it was. Now, maybe I made too much of it. I'll make room for that. But the first thing I thought was, "Oh God, I don't know if I'd do that. How did the audience react? It seemed like everybody loved it. You know what I mean? But wow. yeah, it seemed like everybody loved it. I was kind of shocked. I, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm shocked by that, but
1: well, I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say that you know that 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 very much could have turned into a somebody spouting their political beliefs or somebody taking that as a moment. Nobody to- did. Like those
0: guys even after that That you could kind of just But it did feel like And maybe I'm wrong But it did feel like We were like sticking You know like we were Poking at people
1: I mean, like, it's just one of those things, I guess, that, you know, like I said, somebody could have used that to yell F Trump or like, you know, F libtards or like, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that it wasn't used,
0: I think twisted fans are just want to forget about the world while they go see a show
1: or don't know about the world when they go see a show. I don't want to say that. That sounds like I'm being mean,
0: but I, I, I do think that there's there's a group of people that are just like, you know what? I don't care. It's Friday night. Just play me music. I like. Uh-huh. And I think that I, I think Twisted fans would be those people.
1: All right. That's fair enough. I I would think that they would not be maybe politically savvy enough to, you know. Yeah, but everybody's got an opinion on Trump, though. Necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, that's, like, one.
0: that's one of those things, dude. He's so polarizing that everybody's got an opinion, whether what? you're engaged or not.
1: I'm just saying about the national anthem, though, in the sense of like. Maybe they don't even know. It was, you know, it's know what a I mean? Like maybe, you know, yeah, you, okay. know, you know about Trump, but you don't necessarily equate the two there. I uh, As soon as I heard it, I was like, ooh, I don't know if you should do that. I, I
0: just, and I, I was like, man, I cannot believe how far things have gone in this country. Then Saturday night, I was out at Blossom, and I saw Alice oh, Cooper. God. And for some reason, they had Deep Purple headline that show, and I can't for the life of me figure that out. I mean, dude, growing up being a fan of both bands, I mean, dude, if you're deep, once you play Hush and Smoke on the Water, what what's, le- what, what's left? Yeah. Like,
1: I, I, didn't, I didn't totally understand that. And I mean, Alice Cooper literally has hours of hits, oh, so god, it, you, you really would have thought that that would have been the headliner. There. He
0: was so good. Really? I could not believe it. And I had, like, a friend of mine bought tickets and said, hey, we have an extra for you if you'd like to join us. And I was like, absolutely, I'll go. And she didn't really tell me, but we get there, and they're, like, six-row center. Oh, nice. In the pavilion. Yeah, it was, nice. they were great. And so, like, I was really close. So you could see and, like, all that. And, he, I mean, he still looked pretty good even. Really? And he had a little holster on the side of his uh, thing there for for, for the microphone so he could just whip it
2: out. And he
0: uh, he had, uh, dude, a female guitar player that I didn't know about who was honestly, dude, she was hot. Like so hot that girl was. But he was really good. And then so I looked it up. He's 69 years old. Because, dude, early Saturday, I had woke up really early, did some stuff around the house. I was like, all right, well, you know, you're going to Alice Cooper later. And I was, like, starting to get tired by, like, mid-afternoon. I was like, how am I going to make it through this show tonight? I was like, how is Alice going to make it through this show tonight? (laughs) Like, I'm worried about not being able to make it to 10 o'clock to still be awake to see all this stuff. And I was like, how the hell is he doing it? But he was so good. He played Only Women Bleed, which I like a lot. It's, like, one of my favorites. And I wasn't sure he was going to do it anymore in 2017 because, oh, my God, should rock stars really be singing songs like this? And, like, I was worried he wasn't going to play Only Women Bleed, but he totally did. And uh, it was really good. I mean, dude, he was so good. And then Sunday, buddy, I was out at TD's Tailgate Grill, Lake Cable, watching the Browns game as I'm going to be there most, you know, uh, most NFL games. Fantone and I were just going to switch off, you know, here and there. And, uh... I got to tell you, I, I mean, I nailed it, right? I mean, I told you on Friday the game would be 28-17. It ended up being 21-18. I, and so yesterday, like, this guy, like, hits me up on Twitter. He's like, you know, you were way off base. He's like, that's eight points. Dude, for a guy that doesn't pick lines for a living, telling you it's going to be 28-17, have it be 21-18, I got to tell you, that's pretty close. Like, I couldn't believe people were going to give me grief about my pick. Like, that is so nitpicky. I've never seen anything like it. And I got to tell you, Browns fans, I know everybody's expecting me to come in here today and be all doom and gloom about the Cleveland Browns. I'm not. I've never been more optimistic about that football team in my entire life, ever. Like, I I don't want to go overboard here, but you may have found a quarterback. You may have found it. And honestly, in a place where I didn't think you would. Honestly, I was not really wild about the Kaiser pick. But I'll say the same thing about him in yesterday's game that I said about him in the preseason, which he didn't look lost. He didn't look like, what am I doing in here? Please get me. He didn't look Manziel lost. Now, he made a couple of decisions that weren't great. Welcome to being a rookie quarterback. It's just the way it is. They're all going to go through growing pains. But the defense swarmed into the ball. Now, I know Pittsburgh scored 21, but it's Pittsburgh. And if you look, I mean, they held Le'Veon Bell to like eight yards for a half. Antonio Brown only had that one, like, breakout catch for like 50-some yards. Other than that, they kind of stopped that that offense. I mean, dude, they looked way better than I thought they were going to look.
1: I um I'm somewhere in the middle of all that. I don't think that they looked fantastic. I feel like there's people who are way overdoing it. Then there's people who are like, oh, well, just as bad as always. It's not just as bad as always. Somewhere in the middle there. um, But I think more than anything, whether it's like, well, did the Browns, you know, overperform or exceed expectations or did they underperform? I think the thing that was really noteworthy, the thing that was really obvious and the truth that was really evident in that game yesterday, it had nothing to do with the Cleveland Browns. It had much more to do with, man, oh, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers just not are who they used to be. It's not even close. Like, it just you could see it numerous times on their defense within their within their offense like the, that team is just not the powerhouse the Pittsburgh Steelers that have been feared for the past decade. Well they're
0: up and down they always have been and they play down to their opponents. I I'm telling when you go
1: they were bad yesterday?
0: When you they were bad yesterday. There's no denying that. When you I I'm telling you I I think I still think the Steelers win the division. I still think that they win the division ultimately, especially when you see what Baltimore did to Cincinnati yesterday. Blew them out. I think Andy Dalton threw four picks. Four. Jesus. That's pretty bad. I think the Steelers win the division, and they'll get it tightened up as the
1: season goes on. Concerned that Sean Kaiser sacked seven times yesterday? Of course. I mean, of seven course. times? Of like, course. That's the thing that, that had me most concerned. Oh, yeah. Second best offensive line in the
0: league. No, you're not. You're not even close. I will name you three teams off the top of my head. Oakland, Dallas, and New England all have a better line. So if I can list you three off the top of my head, there's no way we have the second. I, you know, this line's better.
1: I mean, Deshaun Kaiser held the ball too long at times. Yes, rookie. It's going to happen. But there was also times that he had no other option. It was either take the sack or, 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 or you know, like you were going to throw it out. So like, I felt like he, um, he he outperformed expectations. But that offensive line wasn't what it was touted to be at all. No,
0: no. I'll tell you what. The defense looks better than the offense. And what did I say? What have I been saying? That somewhere, sometime this season, somebody's going to ask the question, should Greg Williams be coaching this football team? Given the fact that he does have previous head coaching experience, albeit not long and probably not all that great. I don't remember what the record was. But when one side of the ball looks that much better than the other one, sooner or later, somebody's going to ask that question. And I don't think it's an unfair question. I like you, But I will say this, that I don't think the yesterday's problems were all about you. As a matter of fact, dude, they look that much. I mean, last year when you watch Cleveland Browns games, they, and you would watch the 4 o'clock game, like yesterday I watched a little bit of that Seattle-Green Bay game, right? Normally last year when I would watch the Browns and then I'd watch the 4 o'clock game, it would look like a completely different sport. The Browns didn't look like they were playing professional football. Yesterday, it looked like they could play professional football. That's a huge, huge uptick from the year before. And again, I'm tempered. I'm expecting them to win four games this year. Now, they may be in more games than I thought if they play as tight as they did yesterday. Like, they looked all right. The offensive line does need to play better. You can't let the kid get sacked seven times. You can't. Because, again, what I said before the game is a successful season is this. You win four games. You keep Deshaun Kaiser upright all year. He plays all year given, like, no injury or, and the fact that you, like, landed a decent pick. And you give me a 1,000 yards out of Isaiah Crowell. That's it. Those three things, if you do those, that's a successful season this year for the Browns. But I I think I see a team that's on the build and that could be good next year. And I told you before this season started, it wasn't going to be this year. I'm not one of these guys and Tony Grossi, all these guys are going to win seven, eight games. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not going to win. You're not going to use six quarterbacks last year and win 10 games this year. It's just not going to happen. But they look a lot better than I was giving them credit for. And I said yesterday, well, I tweeted it out. I said, man, I hope I have to go in tomorrow and eat my words all morning. I would love that. I would love that. But again, I told you it was going to be 28-17, ended up being 21-18. And I can tell you that because, dude, I always say this, because I bet games. I'm not one of these guys that just blogs about what I like and just a homer and this and that. When you put your own money on the line, you start paying attention to the NFL really closely. And you can really start to figure out, okay, who's going to do what? You gotta put your money up. If you're not willing to do that, then your opinion to me is just kinda like, eh, whatever. Gotta put your money up. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury show and the best reason not to look at porn on your phone. We'll give you that next. Hang on. 069. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 1069. We'll talk to Scott from WinningFornextyear.com at eight o'clock, get his take on what happened yesterday in the Browns field. Also, 18 straight wins by the Cleveland Indians. Jeez. I mean, dude, they're just playing damn good. Yeah, I mean, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bad You know what I mean? They uh They're playing amazing, and they're just so – and they're honestly – this is the best compliment I can give the Indians. They're making baseball fun. And, dude, baseball, normally for a lot of people, is not, like, fun. You want your team to win. But, I mean, there's action in the games. I I mean, dude, Lindor is special. Like, I just – dude, that team, they might win the World Series.
1: Yeah, I'm a little concerned that they're peaking at the wrong time. There is concern for that. you You can only be so good for so long before it fizzles. Um, But if that's the argument I'm going to make That's a pretty, you know That's a better argument than a worse argument to have there
0: They're they're a competing team They're competitive And, uh, and, and, you know, gonna make a pretty deep run Into the playoffs, I would think And uh, that's all I can ask for I don't expect to win championships every year I'm not one of these, like, spoiled, entitled sports fans Just be good
1: Just be competitive
0: no, I know, dude. Ohio, as a matter of fact, Ohio State <laughs> fans, I'm sitting down at 645. All right. Dude, Buckeye fans, you just need to All shut right. your mouths. All at 6:40. Right. dude, seriously, that whole thing annoyed the living crap out of me le- the other night, All and right. I'm tired of it. And, dude, 645 Buckeye fans, you're getting an, an earful. That's oh insane. My God, somebody was mean to us. Somebody was mean to us. Bunch of sissies. Unreal. We are a nation of cell phone addicted people, and I am completely guilty. I'm not like this. So again, I'm not like preaching at you about how you're
1: addicted. I am a bad cell phone person. I'm, I'm glad you say a nation full of them, not a generation full of them. No, I know a lot it's, of times no, no, no. It's younger people that that bear the you know the worst of this. But yeah, this is an old man yelling at Cloud. It's everyone. Dude. It's everyone. It is. It's, My mom's on her cell phone. I constantly. mean, it's 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 people who are sitting there playing games, checking social media, just like using it as as a crutch. And I mean, well, your
0: bank is on there now. Everything is on it now.
1: Everywhere you go, I mean every store you go into, there's like people bumping into each other because they're looking at their phones. People bumping into each other on 77 because they're looking at their phones and it is it's just a ba- it's bad, dude. It is. It's a
0: bad it's a bad thing that's happening, right? And apparently a bunch of our data is about to be released into the world. Right. Because porn people who visit x-rated websites on their cell phones, which apparently is a lot of us, soon could have all of our secrets exposed to the world. Oh, no. Apparently, adult websites, Fantone, are much more likely to expose your viewing habits if they've been accessed on a cell phone versus your PC. Tech firm Wandera issued a warning saying watching mobile porn on your, smart, uh, on your smartphone is much higher of a risk than watching it on your PC. Now, I wouldn't have thought that. They say smartphone operating systems, and this is them saying this, not me, smartphone operating systems, especially Android, are not as secure as desktops. Says there are many vulnerabilities that can be easily exploited by hackers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just the mobile nature of it in itself is going to start to open up different things where it's like if you're moving from Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi to Wi-Fi or using like, you know, just your Verizon wireless data or whatever like that, I could totally see why that would introduce new ways for your phone to get hacked or something like it's that. It's
0: one of those things I'm not shocked to find out, but I wouldn't have like thought about it. My, on my own.
1: And as far as Android over other platforms, I mean, of course that makes sense because it goes back to the argument always well, there's against, more of them. against Androids is there's 8 million different styles there where, like, yeah, some of those are going to be vulnerable. I of would imagine they so. Are. They
0: conducted a study of the industry and found that 40 out of the top 50 adult sites online are vulnerable to malware. Now, what malware does is it installs itself on your phone and it will collect all of your information, your viewing habits, as well as personal information, which it can use to then blackmail you. So last year, they're saying here that personal information on more than 800,000 users of the adult site Brazzers was leaked. 800,000 users. Think about that. For as much free porn as there is out there, Eight hundred thousand people are paying for Brazzers.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, and that's a paid site. That's not like, all right, if you're just going to if you're just going to Pornhub and it's like, well, where we'll get,
0: I would expect to be hacked and that kind of stuff.
1: Right. I mean, there is a little bit of like, well, dude, you're going to a free tube stream- streaming site. You 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 should be prepared for something bad to happen. But you would think the paid site, the the actual like Brazzers.com, would be much more secure. Sec- right, as secure as you could get there.
0: You would think that that would be their priority. You're putting your credit card information in there. Right. You're
1: not necessarily doing that at Pornhub.
0: No. But I, God, I would hope not. They, uh, so they studied some of this, and I would have thought this number, Phantom, would have been a lot higher, but they say that 35 people out of every 10,000 access porn using their work stuff. I would have thought that number would have been higher, because porn, again, is a compulsion.
1: Well, I guess a lot of people probably don't have access to the internet via their... Like, a lot of people don't have a a, a, a work phone. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't have... Yeah, like, our work doesn't give us phones. Unless unless you're accessing it at the computers at our desks, which, which... I mean, People I've never understood do. that
0: because what's the point of looking at pornography if I'm not going to masturbate? Right. Like I don't look at porn just to like enjoy the viewing of it. I would assume that's one of crutch.
1: I would assume that's one of the steps along the way of like do you have a porn addiction problem if you're watching it without Looking to orgasm, you know what I'm saying. If you're watching it just because, like, well, I'm just gonna sit here and watch it, yeah, that, that's that's probably a problematic sign.
0: I would, I would imagine so. They also found that Friday was the most popular day for viewing uh, porn on your phone, and Monday was the least. Which I would have had, I would have flipped that. I would have figured Friday, thank God it's Friday. Let me Google what I'm gonna do this weekend or whatever, and then Monday, back to the grind, hate my life. Right. Let me, I need Phoenix Murray to get me through my right. miserable life. Like right.
1: I, I would have completely inverted that. That makes sense. I, I,
0: you know what I mean? I would have just thought of that. Two cybersecurity experts recently managed to expose the intimate web history of three million Germans, including notable figures like politicians. See, dude, this isn't good. And I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. Like, I have obviously watched porn on my cell phone, right? And I just, I, that's probably, I, I got to stop doing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes. Number one, you're a person with some sort of notoriety in the community. So like, yeah, I, w- I would assume that you'll become a bigger target than most. Um, and I don't know, I don't watch porn on my, on my phone at all. Um, I feel like most people would probably be better served if you just went out and got yourself essentially like a porn top where it's like, all right, this is the device I'm buying, which, you know, doesn't need to be that expensive. Doesn't need to be that great. And this is exclusively what I'm going to watch pornography. on. I have a porn top.
0: Well, why do you, why then? Why then don't hook up your phone? (laughs) So here's the thing. I, I took an old laptop that I was using for like all things, and it's a little out of date now. And so I was like, all right, well, then I won't log back into Facebook in it. I won't log back into right. my Gmail in it anymore. No Twitter. No. no uh, the only thing that gets – because now when I put the show together, it's 99% of it, the time it's done either here in the building or via my cell phone. Cause it's all done off of emails now. Yeah. You and I just emailing back and forth, and so like I can check all that stuff on my phone. So like I put the so like that's most of what I would need the web for anyway at home was to like you know to, to put the show together. So I don't log into anything else in that <laughs> except for you know. So the only time I turn it on is when there's like porn being be watched. Right. Not most of the time, right? And so the other day, actually, it was about a week and a half ago, something happened and I was very concerned about it. You know how you'll see like people take and they'll put duct tape over like the webcam in there because they're worried, you know, people are going to be like going and be able to see you. Right. So I was in the middle of like, you know, opening up some websites and like the the search window, you know, like the black like DOS window opened up for like, you know what I mean? To, to put in like commands. Yeah. Opened up out of nowhere and then just disappeared. And I was like. somebody's somebody's in my machine, right?
1: Somebody's hacking the mainframe.
0: (laughs) Somebody's watching this go down, right? So instead of backing down, I went full at it. I just started. (laughs) I was like, you know what? My plan is to gross you out so bad, they end up leaving me alone. But somebody's in my machine, right?
1: Um, The only thing I'll say about that is the fact that you have used it in the past before to log into stuff would make me a little concerned. And the fact that it's older, maybe it's a little outdated, probably a little bit less likely to have like security updates and stuff like that. Well, here's
0: what made me nervous when I first bought it I brought it in here and have the IT department be able to link like some of the work stuff. Oh yeah, into that's, it. that's all
1: bad. And so like I'm willing to bet he can look at, at what I'm doing, right? I dude, honestly, if I were you, go get like just go get like a tablet. You know what I'm saying? Like well, you can buy $100 a hundred dollar tablet and then you never have to worry about it. Never put your bank information in there, never put your, you know, your credit card in there under any circumstances. And that that's exclusively for that. Because yeah, I mean, dude, once you give that machine to somebody else and once you've used it for, you know, X amount of time, you're gonna I mean it, you're gonna be leaving that. Day Digital footprint behind. They're going to know that, like, all right, well, here's his bank information. All right, where's, you know, here's his well, here's his login information. That's I mean, depressing. we all have this, you know, this this concept in our mind of like, well, no, it's a secure machine. No, it's fine. not. No, it's not. What what, talk, dude, what right? I mean, uh, dude, the FBI was, was hacked. Like, right? Dude, the FBI has been hacked. The feds been hacked. HBO, they, like, come right? On. You think you think your porn viewing habits are the thing that are behind that security <laughs> wall? Right? Come all on. of a
0: sudden, you're safe? No. What it is is most people just don't care about me, you, or anybody else. They care about HBO. They care about the, the FBI, but if somebody cares enough, they can get all your stuff and they can expose it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know why I would be so worried. I mean, I admit pretty much everything about me there right. is. I don't know why I would be so nervous about what my, you know, my porn viewing habits are. It's like, yeah, dude, if you want to see bad bitch videos from 2017, that I mean, that's what's on it. Stop hacking my computer, man. I'll tell you what's on it. OSU fans, you were wildly annoying. And it's about time you stop. And you're getting an earful next on Rock
2: 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 106.9.
0: Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 745 will get you hooked up with those D. Snyder tickets as he's playing October 27th. Hard Rock Casino Northfield Park there. And then at 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. And we'll also talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on 18 straight from your Indians. The Browns' moral victories from yesterday. I believe there's a lot to be optimistic about with the Cleveland Browns uh, from what I saw yesterday. I know they didn't win, but I didn't think they were going to win. As a matter of fact, I told you the game would be 28-17 and ended up being 21-18. Not far off from what I thought it was going to be. Right in line with where I thought it was going to be. But they did look better. And I don't want to go overboard here, but... We may have found a quarterback in Deshaun Kaiser, and I would have never thought that was going to be true.
1: This uh, this sense of optimism um, from Browns fans is something that hasn't been seen in quite a while. Yeah, so but by week six we'll lose it. I was going to say, I wonder how long this will last. Obviously, the future will dictate that, but it'll well, be it'll be interesting to see. At seven o'clock, I may have a snag for it. Okay, I may have a snag in our Browns happiness. Okay, well, good. You know what? Honestly, the Browns parade has been going on too long. You know, Browns fans, they need to get brought down a peg or two. I'll tell you who's getting brought down a peg or two right now. Who's that? That's OSU fans. Okay.
0: Okay? Let's just just admit this right now. OSU was not the number two team in the country. It's college football, and you put up 16 points. College football games are routinely 55-48, and you put up 16. 16 points at home, in the shoe. You're not the number two ranked team in the country. You were overrated the way people were
1: screaming. You were. You were overrated. I, no. think, I think it's hard to deny that. You're I mean, overrated. You know, I, I think college football, it, unlike professional sports, there's an even higher amount of turnover. And from year to year to year, it becomes difficult to truly remain competitive. Um, but with college sports, often your reputation, especially at the beginning of the season, will get you further along than your actual talent oh, for will. For sure. The does. fact that you're the Buckeyes. That makes everyone say, ah, well, they're going to be good. Ah, dude, don't even worry about it. It's the Buckeyes. It's Urban Meyer. Of course
0: they're going to be good. And I was guilty of that. But JT Barrett is just JT Barrett. He's not that great. Okay? You were not the number two ranked team in the country, and you got exposed Saturday night. Now, I didn't watch the game because I was at the Alice Cooper show. All right? But you lost 31-16 at home. Get over it. You got your asses. You didn't lose. You got your ass kicked by Oklahoma. And here's why I'm mad at the Buckeye fans. Because you're sore losers. Baker Mayfield, the quarterback from Oklahoma, takes the Oklahoma flag and plants it into the big O in the center of Ohio State's field. And what did I read on Twitter? A bunch of pansy-ass Buckeye fans, butthurt hurt and crying about it. Oh, I mean, know the team we beat, we never embarrassed the field and then Right. Because the rest of those teams you normally beat aren't Ohio State. You're Ohio State. You're the dragon. And you got slayed. You don't think people are going to celebrate that? I took that as a sign of respect. Because it takes something to beat the Ohio State University, you bunch of crybabies. Ohio State, like, dude, I look, I'm a fan. But I will admit that we are an annoying-ass fan base about that team. We are. We're annoying. And so, of course, people are going to celebrate when we lose. Because normally, all Ohio State does is win. You're a top program in college football, and you have been for 50 years. So, of course, it feels like climbing Everest when you win. You don't think people are going to celebrate that? I don't get why people are so mad about that.
1: Um, first of all, I think it's kind of cool that, like... That's a cool thing to do after a road win, I think. And I'm not trying to be like, well, against Ohio State well, you or hate against Ohio any... State. <laughs> I'm just saying in particularly like against any team, if you go in and you win in somebody else's house, I like that idea, dude. I like planting the flag. I like being like, yo we did this. We were here. It's not like it's like disrespectful. It's not like the, it's not like the whole like team stood around the O and urinated on it. Right. I mean, they put their flag where they won, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, dude, there's a flag on the moon, and it's American because we won that one. So I don't understand why that's like in that soundstage in the middle of nowhere, in California. <laughs> right. We did win that one, right? But I, I don't understand why that's like an ultimate slight. Like, I don't get it. I get it that it would piss you off if it's your team because you yeah, did. I love your it. Team? No, no, but you lost. So like. You to the winner go the spoils right there. You're the dragon,
0: right? You're the dragon. Plus, dude, you don't celebrate. Dude, you're supposed to beat Oklahoma. So if you beat Oklahoma, no, you don't do that. You don't because that's that's mistreating a an inferior opponent. When somebody beats you and they shouldn't, there's going to be expression in that. I don't understand why Ohio State fans are so. When the hell did you get so effing fragile that that you can't handle somebody else winning?
1: Um, well, I've often said one of the big complaints I have against Ohio State is that, dude, the fan base is annoying. Just, it is just just unsufferable. Um, but in a part of that annoyance is the entitlement. Is the well, we're the Ohio State University. Well, first of all, you are not, dude. You didn't graduate right. from anywhere, let alone Ohio Spell State University. Right. So, like, you can back that one up. Um, but you know, and I saw this Sunday morning. Um, you know, I didn't watch the game either. I was at this party or whatever, and I woke up, saw the score. There was a little bit of like, "All right, there it goes, man," because I am an I'm an Ohio State hater. Um, but immediately, immediately, as soon as the as soon as the rankings came out, and really, maybe even before then, Ohio State fans. Well, you know, really, the the the, the college football playoff should be eight teams. It oh should my be God. Eight teams, really? When you think about it, it should be eight. And I'm like, are you and, and, and Here's the thing. I agree with you. It should be eight, but if that's your like, it's well, going to be eight. Ohio State is going to get in. So then, what are you going to do,
0: dude, So what? So what's it going to be when you're the ninth ranked team in the country? Oh it's going to be sixteen God. teams you want in there. Of Everybody's in the will. playoff.
1: Of course it will. No,
0: yeah, dude. It will eventually be eight. We all know that because there's more money right. in it, and dude, it'll eventually be that. We know that, okay? But making the statement that it should be eight Sunday morning because you got your asses kicked. Saturday night at home, at home, you got embarrassed yeah. at home. Um, I mean, dude, that's dude in college football. That's everything. That's
1: everything. I uh, I, I will say that I kind of watch a little bit of the highlights and stuff. And you know, usually you look at athletes who spend four years in college, and it's four, five, six teams like with JT Barrett in college, and it's like, oh well, they've progressively gotten better along the way. It feels like that dude's regressed in this. Like, it does. It, it just feels it, like it that really dude does. has just like lost what he has. Confidence. So. Something's shaken in JT Barrett. I wonder. I, I'm sure a part of it is is like, well, this is my last run. I know I'm not going to be a professional. I don't have the capabilities to do that. I uh, I wonder. Probably. when I wonder when the the switch happens. I wonder when it's like, well, it's time to move on. Yeah,
0: like everybody was murdering Urban Meyer after the game because after the game he said, look, there was no point where I was where I was thinking about uh, you know changing JT Barrett or switching out and you know what, moving forward we're going to stick with JT Barrett. That's what he said after the loss. And what that is, that's a leader of men protecting his kid. And I I don't know why people feel like the need to go on twitter Urban myers an idiot not even considering changing it he's getting the back of his kid he's getting the back of of a college kid you got to remember that he's getting the back of him and not gonna just shove him under the bus which i actually thought was oh my god look that's leadership. That's why you're Urban Meyer.
1: Yeah, and I mean, let's be real. You Unreal, say, you, dude. You say one thing to the to the media and to everyone else and out a different there. Different
0: thing to your team. And right, and
1: one of the different things in your mind. He knows. He Urban, knows exactly. Urban, Urban Meyer knows that he's going to have to make that switch, and I'm sure he's planning it in his head. But it's not like you're just going to go out there and be like, you know what, dude? You know what? Section 500 was right, man. This guy does suck. We need to get him out of here, right. dude.
0: This is how good Urban Meyer is. He won with Tim Tebow. That's how good Urban Meyer is. Like I, I just the you know, people trash oh, Urban doesn't know what he's doing. Urban is probably the best college coach in the country. You can make the argument for Saban. I know there's, champ, there's more championships, this and that. But look at where Urban's been and look at how they've won everywhere he's been. Everywhere Urban goes, they win. He's probably the best college coach in the country. If you want to hang that guy out to dry because they lost to Oklahoma, that's on you, bro. I'll take him for another. I'd sign Urban for ten more years right now. Because I'm not an entitled, spoiled-ass baby fan. I don't expect a championship every single year. That's not the way sports works. I don't care who you are. Alabama win it last year? Thank you. Thank you. Leave Urban exactly where he is. There's conflicting reports, surprise, coming out of Berea about this Joe Hayden thing. Now, originally, I was all for it. I was like, yeah, let Joe go. But if what I'm reading is true, I may have to reverse my position. We'll take a look at that next on Rock
2: 106.9.
0: Welcome back to the Very Show on Rock 1069. Win your way into the D Snyder show at the Hard Rock Roxino. That's October the 27th. We'll get you hooked up at 745
1: this morning. I uh, I assume those are gonna be hot tickets, dude. Uh D Snyder's House of Hair is one of the highest rated things on this radio station. So Canton, Ohio loves some D Snyder. Yeah,
0: right behind this program, actually. Well, number yeah.
1: number two there. Number two. Which is good. Uh, yeah. I mean it's where it's supposed I mean, to be. I mean, whoa, dude, you got two retired rock stars on
0: the air, and Nikki Six and D Snyder. You know what I mean? I think he's getting the better of that battle.
1: So uh, I assume that people are going to want these tickets, man.
0: Oh, yeah. I would imagine. Did I want to see that. I just want to rock. Hell, yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, you do just want to rock, don't For you? For sure I do. All right. Well. For sure I do. October 27th at the Hard Rock. We'll get you in at 745. Wasn't that long ago the Browns released Joe Hayden, and I was one of the few people that was like, you know what? I don't really hate this move. And at the, at the time, it felt like a very Belichickian move, which is you get off a player too soon rather than too late. And I and I even said, I was like, look, Joe's going to have some stuff left in the tank. You can't be paralyzed by that. He's probably going to still be able to play. But you're seven years in on the experiment. He was getting smoked in our backfield quite a bit, and he had a pretty good offseason this year, or preseason or whatever it was this year, and he was looking pretty good. And I will admit that not getting anything back for him felt like a missed opportunity. And the fact that we caught him at breakfast, people like to point this out, and he was signed to a rival by dinner, I didn't love that part of it. But I felt like, okay, well, if you're making an example to the locker room and you're going to move off a player too soon rather than too late, I can live with that because I think that's what good franchises do.
1: You don't fall in love with the player. Yes, I, I understand where all that comes from, but I think the Browns are so far off of being a good franchise. <clears throat> well, you got to start somewhere. You take, But you take one of the more talented dudes off of your team, and it's hard to make the argument of, well, the 54-man roster is better now. You know what I'm saying? I understand the moneyball aspect, the analytics of it, but there is a little bit of like, I don't know, dude. You take talent off of a team that's devoid of talent, and I, it's, it's a bit of a stretch to me
0: man you guys got out here you guys got Fantone out here defending Joe Hayden you do you were the biggest Joe Hayden
1: hater there was well and listen I'm not saying that like yo, know, Joe Hayden's the dude and that's the answer to the defensive woes but I mean the defensive secondary and you could see it yesterday dude I mean Ben Roethlisberger could complete anything he wanted to short yardage anything in that in that pass from the five to ten yards dude he was just picking stuff apart right there so hey, listen I'm not saying that you know Joe Hayden's a, a an all-star Joe Hayden's the best player you know on the Browns I I'm just saying it just feels like you, you lost talent there you did
0: so apparently according to jason lock and Forer from cbs sports that hugh jackson was irate when hayden was released i'm told he says as the move had no tangible football merit the browns received no compensation hayden uh, despite recent injuries was considered to be a key piece for the browns in their 2017 season and the move clearly was a salary dump and viewed su- as such with the team Hayden set to make eleven million, and the Browns were about to take sixteen million hit by releasing four-string quarterback Brock Osweiler, and he goes into some of the money things. Now Hugh Jackson has responded back by this by telling Mary Kay Cabot, that did not come from me, Jackson said. Of course it did. He says, I think you guys know me well enough that if I if I feel something, I'm going to say it. I don't run from that. Me and the executive team are working lockstep hand in hand. I don't know where that came from. I trust Sashi and I trust our executive team to make the right decision for this football team. I stand behind that wholeheartedly, he says. Never wanted to see Joe go, but at the same time, we made the decision as an organization. I totally stand behind it. And this makes me love Hugh Jackson even more because I know he's lying, but he's doing a good job doing it. He's yeah, lying.
1: I mean, of course. Yes, he's,
0: he's totally lying. But the last thing you want is for this guy to undermine his bosses publicly, and for there to be a real big rift
1: here. Well, and he understands that that's a part of his job. You know what I'm saying? Like that's part of job security, right? There is that. Yeah, you can disagree with what your boss says. Be so public about it, though.
0: Yeah, it's it's just not going to help you do that. I I worry though that if he is more mad than he's letting on, how that festers. And how that how that grows and what happens there and can players pick up on it and and that kind of thing. I worry about some of that. But I've been a huge advocate since the signing. I love the signing. I think you saw yesterday, dude, a team reinvigorated. Looks like they're playing harder. I said this to start the program out at six o'clock this morning, which is last year when I would watch the one o'clock game, watch the Browns and then turn on the four o'clock NFC game. It looked like a completely different sport. It didn't look like the Browns were playing professional football last year. They at least looked like a professional football team. And again, I don't want to go overboard, but I think we may have found a quarterback in Deshaun Geiser. Like, he looked pretty good. I know the seven sacks and all that stuff held the ball too long. Welcome to being a rookie year two, year three, you're probably going to see a lot less of that. And again, I told you they weren't going to win this year. I told you it was going to be next year. It's going to be next year. But I do worry, like I was for the Hayden thing at first. But if this really was a move, I mean, do you gotta be... I mean, look, coaches and, and GMs are going to disagree on personnel. It's going to happen. But I, I want you to have a, a more similar vision for what we're doing than opposite. And if they're not involving Hugh at all in lineup changes and stuff, then I worry.
1: Well, it's probably not so much a, they're not involving him at all, but it's probably just like, dude, you, you have a minority voice in this. Like, you have a small share in this. At the end of the day, of Sashi Brown is the guy who's who's been given fifty-one percent of of roster decisions. He's going to be the, the the barometer of does it go or does it stay? Or, and and Hugh Jackson, your opinion's you know important to us, but it's not going to be the deciding factor. Um, I, I get it. I understand the the concern of. You know, you want football guys to make the football decisions. And is Sashi Brown really a football guy? But it's the system that, you know, Jimmy Haslam's decided that he has faith in. It's the system that he feels like is going to work. So, you know, it, it, as far as as far as far we can tell when it comes to dudes like Joe Hayden and Brock Osweiler and, and whatever future, you know, moves the Browns make, it does seem like the buck stops with Sashi Brown and, and the analytics system. And I guess we'll see how it works. It's going to end up paying off. It's just you were so bad for
0: so long, you're going to have some bumps in the road while, while you're on the way of getting it back turned around. But again, they looked like a professional football team yesterday. Not the best one there is, but no, they started no, 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 to look no. like a professional. They didn't even look like a professional football team last year. They were piss poor last year.
1: I um, at no point did I think the Browns were going to win that game never, yesterday. Never once. But I never really felt like they were like blown out from
0: the block punt. I was like, well, there it goes. Ooh, that, like, yeah, it th- like there it Forgot goes. That. That's who they are. Like that's who they are. That's who they still are. Doesn't mean that's who they always have
1: to be. The fact that the fact that Deshaun Kaiser was kind of able to pull it out of his, his, you know... He didn't give up. No, and it would have been very easy to, especially when you consider you got sacked seven times, when you consider, like, that first drive and everything. It would have been really easy to quit right there, but...
0: Where we got him in that draft, you may have found phenomenal value, and again, going into the season, everybody said about Deshaun Kaiser. He had the highest ceiling, lowest floor, going in and all these rookie quarterbacks. And if we end up getting a franchise guy and by that I don't mean multiple do people equate franchise quarterback to Tom Brady there's another level of it if he gets me to Kirk Cousinsville to where we stable the franchise to where we don't look like a complete and utter joke now I know Washington lost yesterday but they got beat by a pretty decent Eagles team like if you just stabilize this thing to where we're not the laughing stock of the NFL I'm a happy person and I think you got to start there. You don't go from one and fifteen to Super Bowl wins. You got to stabilize, and I think Deshaun Kaiser may be able to do that. And I'm surprised as anybody about that. I would have not, I would have not bet the house on that to start the season out. I would have had that wrong. I would have missed that one. As the guy who loves to tell you how right how right he is all the time, I would have missed that one. Hurricane Irma has been downgraded to a Category One. But some things happened over the weekend that I just can't even begin to imagine of why people would think this was a good idea. We'll give you some of that next on Rock 106.9.
2: Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit The Stansbury Show.
1: Chilling in the studes with Medus.
2: On Rock 106.9.
0: Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for the Wacom Auto Family. Under six months ago, I bought a Honda Accord on the Wacom Auto Mile, and I absolutely love my purchase. The Wacom Auto Family is Stark County's largest pre owned dealership, so they were able to find me exactly what I was looking for and well within my price range. If a newer pre owned vehicle is on your list, you need to hit up the website Wacom.com. You'll see there that they are Stark County's largest. The Stansbury Show on Rock
2: 1069.
0: Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. 745. We'll send you to see D. Snyder at the Hard Rock Rock Roxino on on October the 27th. Also, 8 o'clock, we'll send you to Vegas for the 2017 I Heart Radio Music Festival. And we'll talk to Scott from Year.com. Get his take on 18 straight by the Tribe and obviously get his take on uh, what happened at Cleveland Brown Stadium yesterday. What to be excited about, what's not so great, we'll find out from Scott from Year.com. Hurricane Irma, I'm reading conflicting reports now. I read one report earlier this morning that says it's been downgraded to a Category 1. I'm reading now from a separate news outlet that it's a Category 2. Um, but I know it was, what, at a five at one point? Yeah, before it hit land. And so now it's been downgraded, uh, you know, which I believe is probably good news for people in that area.
1: Yeah, certainly better news than worse news. I think a part of the problem is, though, is people are like, ah, dude, it's downgraded. It's fine. It's no problem. Hurricane one. What are you, pff, sissy? And it's like, nah, dude, I mean, hurricane one can still do some damage, but definitely better than worse. Well, I hear Jorge's coming right behind it. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I was gonna say I don't know if it was Jorge or Jose or Juan. It's or Jorge, which, okay, I it's think, Jorge, right? Okay, I
0: don't know. I I, I, I I may be wrong about that, but because somebody told me, I I didn't read this from a news outlet. Somebody told me, you know, yesterday that this was happening, and so that, that that's gonna be tough. And some weird things are happening in Florida, always. And I yeah, and I understand people are trying to get the hell out of there and stay out of harm's way. I totally get it, and I would be running for my life too but people are now tethering their dogs to trees and just like bailing which is terrible
1: I don't understand why you would why you would tie your animal to a tree if
0: you're gonna leave it allow it to at least run and and have a shot for its own life I mean,
1: I'm not going to come down on people who decide to leave their animals behind. I know that's a very easy thing to do is like, oh, well, you hate your animal. Why don't you love your pet? But if it's a decision between how am I going to have my two-year-old be alive, or, or how am I going to have my dog be alive? If that's the situation you're in, I want you to save your kid. Even, even, even if it's just
0: you by yourself. Nah. I mean, dude, well, but, you, no, dude, you know, dude, this is responsibility. You sign up to, to to raise that animal.
1: So if 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 it's you, your life, or you can try to save your dog, you're going to try to save well, your how dog. How am I getting away? If you're walking if, waist if, deep in water, if or, I'm, or hip, or like chest deep in water. I, I mean, dude, you got to do everything you
0: can, and tying it to a tree isn't doing everything you can.
1: Oh, I agree. I'm not saying that, like— I mean, dude,
0: that, tying it to a tree, you're leaving it there to drown. You know there's nothing else it can do at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that You know, if you can't take it, but I don't understand the tethering. Like, why would you tie it? You're leaving it for a death sentence.
0: Not only that, they told you to evacuate three days before this happened. Dude, you've been—and not only that, you saw another one of these hit Houston. And so if you didn't evacuate the moment you heard this thing was coming, that's on you, not the animal. And you signed up for the response. What do you tell your kids when you get them a dog? You got to walk it. You got to clean up the poop in the backyard. It's about teaching your kids responsibility, right? That's what, that's what part of the pet is. Well, you're the adult, and you signed up for a pet. So it's till life or death with that thing. Until death do you part. That's what it is. That's what you're signing up for when you get pets. Otherwise, don't get the pet.
1: Um, you running back into a burning house for, for an animal? Yeah, I probably would. Wow, I'm not. If I wake up in the middle
0: of the night my house is on fire, my dog's one of the first things I'm getting.
1: Yes, I mean, I'm looking for it, but when the time comes, it's like, well, dude, I can either keep looking for this dog or I can die. I'm leaving, dude. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, if you can't get him, you can't get him. But there's a difference between I can't get to my dog because of a burning house, and we're changing the conversation, to tying a dog to a tree. That's a completely, that's apples and grapefruits. It's a completely different situation. You signed up for the responsibility of this animal. You can't then bail on that responsibility. Now, you could say, and this is what people are going to say to me, is, well, I didn't think about hurricanes when I, when I, when I was signing up for a pet. In Florida, you didn't think about a possibility of a hurricane. So common that the college football team is named after it, but you didn't think that a hurricane could happen. Got it. There is no excuse for this. You're a terrible human being, and the, just so you know, Florida's finding these people and charging them, as they should. As they should. Now, again, there was the photo in Houston where two people left their dogs in a boat in the driveway on the trailer. That's the best case scenario for me. And I said that day, I was like, well, what do you want them to do? At least you're leaving them in a situation where they possibly could live. Tying an animal to a tree is mean. It's awful. I don't know how you ran
1: away from that living thing tied to a tree, even if it was about you staying alive. I don't know how you did it. But, but, I mean, like, tying the animal doesn't help you stay alive. Like, wasn't it, like, 50 animals, too? Like, wasn't this more than one? I thought it was, like, multiple animals. And I was just 50 they found. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't get that. So, leaving your animal, I get. Tying your animal, I don't.
0: Yeah, leaving it in the upstairs of the house in a hurricane, in a flood. Okay, well, maybe, dude, if we leave it on the second floor, shut the door, maybe it can, you know, a little food, a little bowl, whatever. Maybe it lives. Worst case scenario there, all right? but tying it to a tree makes you a jerk. And it makes you evil, and there's 50 of them. I don't know how that bad
1: idea spread as if something it should that you should do. Was it just one person? Was it like one no. person with 50? This was 50 different crews? It was all over okay. the
0: county. Palm Beach County Animal Care reports animal control officers have rescued 50 dogs and two cats in the last 48 hours. They say even a tiny bit of sand can hurt an animal when it's traveling through 100 mile per hour plus winds. Now, just so you know, Irma winds right now are around 38 miles per hour, but still. They said winds uh, reached a sustained 35 mile per hour. No officers will be permitted to rescue the animals. We are asking the public if it is safe. Consider sheltering any animals you see left outside, she said. But they are going to charge people that they have found guilty of this, and I believe that they should. You're signing up for a commitment a responsibility when taking a pet on. You've got to look at that thing as it's your child because it's a living thing. You signed up for it. See it all the way through. We'll give you some D. Snyder tickets October 27th at the Hard Rock. You get hooked up with those next on Rock 106.9.
2: Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9.
0: Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here for North Canton Collision. The folks you call, if you've been in a collision, big or small, just a few months ago, I had somebody actually hit my car with their door in a parking lot, and so I called North Canton Collision, and sure enough, their state-of-the-art paint technology had my car back to its original condition. If you've been in an accident, call my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason for a free no-cost estimate at 330 330- 499-5171, or visit NorthCantonCollision.com for
1: mattresses here. Yeah,
0: remember that lady that did yeah. that, that idiotic thing where she crashed into the, d- oh, the twin God, towers yeah, of mattresses? We posted that video online, I think that was last year, year before maybe, where, where somebody was doing like a 9-11 sale at a mattress store, which I think is in poor taste. Uh, that's just me. Um, it's amazing to think about how different the country is today uh, versus the way it was 16 years ago after this happened. And what I mean by that is, we feel very divided today. Uh, Not just today, but like right now, the country feels very divided. me and maybe I'm wrong about that maybe I'm being too guilty of like trusting what the news is telling me
2: yeah I think
1: there is a little bit of that Oh, I'm sure you know it's it's the media and it's not I'm not just saying like oh it's the news I think it's the media I think it's social media I think it's what we want to believe I think there's a million jobs
0: because we're always involved in this stuff
1: there's a part of it too though that like I always say that like yes there's definitely a divided line right now but at the same time you see a lot of positives too so I don't know where that truth is probably somewhere in the middle
0: oh it's always going to be in the middle I just, we, I know the day after 9 11, we all felt united. And I remember I was in a bar and not when that happened, but I, when, when, when Bush spoke to the country, I was in a bar and I remember the bar like shut everything down and we just were listening to the TV. And basically, I'll, you know, I'll paraphrase, but he basically came out and said, We're going to go kick some ass. Right. And I watched everybody in the bar as an American go, Hell yeah, because we were just wronged and we're going to go get some. And we were all together. We were all together because somebody had attacked all of us. And when you heard the national anthem then, you felt pride in your country. You felt happy of where you lived. And you felt like, yeah, this is America. It's us versus you. And I I opened the show this morning telling a story about how a band opened up Friday night at a concert I was working at. And they used the national anthem to like walk out. And I thought to myself, oh, God, should you be doing that? That's how far we've come in 16 years with our own national anthem.
1: Now, worth noting that, like you said early this morning, it went off with no problems. It nobody, did. Nobody, nobody had an issue. So maybe that is a little bit of like hope. Maybe. Well, at the very least, maybe we're, we're all like, well, it's so hot and so divided because of Colin Kaepernick. Maybe like, you know, general public, you know, most of us, John Q is out there just like, no, this is how I'm OK.
0: Again, I'll point out, though, that show was attended by 98 percent white America. OK. There was under two percent of African Americans in that crowd, and I think because it's different for them now, and because of the Kaepernick thing, and because of the you know police brutality and what we're exposing, it's not you know what I mean. It's a, it's a separate issue, and like I said, when I heard the national anthem, right or wrong, I'm not saying right or wrong. My first thought was, oh God, should you? play that should that happen it's the national anthem and this this country has got me to the point to where like that's controversial now
1: I, I think it's also worth noting that you know September 12th yes everybody was 100% unified and we felt like we were a country standing together I would say probably within a year or two after nine eleven, though we, no we, that's not true it wasn't until we figured
0: out that we invaded the wrong country to where we got divided so I mean dude I was there it was like it, it, dude you it, it was America arm in arm it was us versus the rest of the world and honestly I feel like we need to get back to that a little bit We need to get back to that a little bit. We need to get back to taking pride in our country, being proud of what we do and what the work we put in and being resolved. And we need to get back to that a little bit. I understand there's problems in this country, but I just think dude, at the end of the day, you could have it a lot where anybody could have it a lot worse. And ultimately we live in a pretty great place and we need to get back to having a little bit of American pride. It feels like to me, and I could be wrong about this, but it feels to me today to where if you are prideful, in your country and being an American that people like look at that like it's bad well you know we're pretty oppressive to the rest of the world and look I mean should you really be prideful of wherever you come from I mean we're pretty mean to all the other countries and you know it just it's a little bit of crybaby stuff that's going on and like it just it's amazing to me how different the sentiment and the feeling is in this country 16 years later where we felt all together remember it was we were all New Yorkers remember that was the slogan Remember that? Remember when the Yankees took the field after that and they had the NYPD and the NYFD hats on and didn't you you just loved your country? It was like the most American thing you'd seen. There's baseball and we're supporting our cops and firemen who ran into those situations to drag people out. And I'll remind you that on September 12th, there was no stories, none, absolutely not one of people not rescuing anybody because of their race or religion. Not one. So as we're being told how racist everything is, I'll remind you, men and women, first responders ran into that situation and grabbed every last person they could get, no matter color, race, religion, creed, whatever. That's rare, man. But that's who America really is. So, I mean, dude, like, I, just, I think Fantone's right. I think it's a little bit of social media. All it does is point out, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And it makes you feel like everything is awful. And everything's not awful, but all I know is that if 16 years go by and I feel like the national anthem, something—oh God, did you do that? Something's wrong with what we're doing. I just feel like we're losing base of what is reality and what's not. We have D. Snyder tickets. He's playing October 27th at the Hard Rock Roxino. Let's give you those right now. We'll take caller 20 at 1-800-243-7625, and we'll talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Next on the Stansbury
2: Show, 106.9.
0: And welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock Six We'll send somebody else out to Las Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That will be at 9 o'clock is when your next keyword happens. Joining us, as he always does, every Monday at 8, it's Scott from com. And man, 18 straight out of the tribe. How awesome is that?
3: It's inconceivable, really. Um, now, last night was obviously a little closer than the others. But, I mean, it just shows that it doesn't take a... You know, when you're talking about playoff baseball and you're winning games two to one, three to two, and like every pitch really matters, it's really great. it was great to see them pull that one out last night and that in that you know bit of a back and forth. So it's you know, not doesn't always have to be a blowout, but 18 is, is crazy. And, and and kudos ESPN for keeping that win streak graphic up the entire time because I think that was really really cool for you know not just Clevelanders to see, but people scrolling through TV and popping on the game who might not be aware of the story. Um, it's just really really fun right now, and I hope they can keep it rolling.
0: Good for baseball, and I, and I agree with you. Good for ESPN for keeping that up. It's just it's a positive story for baseball, a sport that struggles to you know catch fire with fan bases and to create excitement. And the Indians are doing that. I do want to move forward though, I, I uh, because you know we NFL season started yesterday. That's pretty much everybody's uh, you know uh, point of concern right now. And I got to be honest with you. I know they lost. But I said to start the show out today, Scott, that last year when I would watch the 1 o'clock game, the Browns game, and then I would turn on the 4 o'clock NFC game, it looked like two different sports. Like, it didn't look like the Browns were playing professional football last year, and they looked like a professional football team to me yesterday. And I got to tell you, I don't want to go overboard here, but we may have found a quarterback at Deshaun Kaiser, right?
3: <laughs> it it, it looks like it. Um, I would have you know, never guessed it,
0: that. I would have never guessed we, that with him. But I, but I'm yeah. Happy. It,
3: it was great to see him. You know, they could have easily folded up shop after that block punt. Absolutely. Um, you know, you think of Johnny Mandel's first game against Cincinnati, and you know they were down quick, ten nothing, and it looked like every player on that field had just given up already. You know, with three minutes, you know, into the into the first quarter, um, you know, you saw a lot of twenty-something-year-old kids uh, who who were not going to let the veteran Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, bully them, you know. Right. Four personal foul penalties, three which were, which were called or accepted, I should say. Um, you know, so you know, Pittsburgh was playing a very, very physical style of football, and that could be a lot for kids, You know, a lot of these kids in their first their first game, some of them just in their second year, um, to to have really caved in under that under that circumstance. And you know, I'm not a big moral victories guy, um, and I think. You know, it's we, we, we kind of lend ourselves to that kind of stuff after watching so many bad games. To your point,
2: uh, you mean bad you, years. If
3: things are trending, you know, well after after week one, despite taking loss, I mean, you have these you have to your point a quarterback, you have a playmaker, and Corey Coleman, you know, caught all five of his passes, and you're seeing guys who seemed lost a year ago on defense, like Joe Schobert, Carl Nassib, and and on down the line, played incredibly high end defense against one of the best offenses in football and did so without Miles Garrett. So I, I left I left uh, you know, yesterday's game feeling very, very good and also feeling very, very good about, it, about the covering too with the with the eight and a half to ten points regardless of where you took it.
1: I, uh, I think that the Browns definitely should be excited, but I think there also needs to be a tempered expectation here of like potential doesn't mean greatness yet. You no, know, it's great that there is potential. It's far better than where we've been in the past, um, but there's definitely some areas yesterday that I was like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily what the Browns were going for. And, and the run game in particular is what I'm talking about there. Why do you feel like the Browns just weren't able to translate, you know, uh, Isaiah Crowell and and what was supposed to be the second best offensive line. Football why couldn't they translate that into the yards yesterday?
3: Pittsburgh's defense is really really good um and i and I would argue they probably set up to stop the run to force the rookie to make passes um and, Smart. And, and 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 thankfully he answered that call you know they they abandoned the run but they scored eleven points on doing so um you know where you you know last season they abandoned the run and did nothing so you know i i I, I get it um, but I think you also have to gives you a little bit if they're going to you know, have some of that softer coverage that, that, that the kid could exploit. Um, you know, I, I think I'm fine with it. I saw a lot of teams yesterday who, you know, we, it's only one week, but I'd rather be a Cleveland Browns fan than a Jets fan than a Bills fan than a Jaguars fan than a Houston Texans fan. And, on, you know, uh, even Colts to a point. I know Andrew Luck could come back and change things around. Uh, but the Browns looked much more capable with with 21, 22, and 23 year olds running things and a lot of veteran teams out there last or this past Sunday, and you know, abandoning the run, fine. Uh, I I do think the onus is on Hugh to keep you know keep to his promise, and I think there will be chances to run the ball more in weeks to come. Uh, but if you're trying to win that football game and the runs not working, you know, I I I, I give Hugh you know some credit for you know doing with what what worked, but. Uh, more so to Sean Kaiser and, and company for executing upon that and the defense for keeping them in the game.
0: Yeah, I I think we may have found a real big bargain at quarterback in the second round with Deshaun Kaiser. And um, you know w- when we took him, I said, look, everybody's take on him is is that his ceiling's the highest, but the floor's the lowest. And I was like, I don't know if I trust the Browns to make the right right assessment. But he never, even after seven sacks, he still looked determined and wanting to make throws and wanting to make the play. And he wasn't running away from the action. And he doesn't look too lost in the like Mansell always looked like a kid lost in the mall to me. When Deshaun Kaiser never looks that way behind center, and I feel like there's a lot to be encouraged there. Now, I want to talk to you about the conflicting reports coming out of um, the front office. Jason Lockenforer of CBS Sports reporting that Hugh Jackson was irate over the Hayden release. Now, Hugh Jackson came out and towed the company line, did what a head coach should do, and said, No, look, I don't know where anybody got that. That's not coming from me. Is there friction between the GM and the coaching staff of this team?
3: You know, I think there's a lot of teams where the GM and the and the coaching staff aren't exactly, you know, have don't exactly have the same goals in mind. You have a head coach who wants to win football games, and you have a you have a front office who needs to build this thing at a sustainable level, you know, to the point where they have 13 draft picks next year. Right. So you know, they 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 all want to win eventually. Um, but I think by nature, you when you're a head coach, you'd want to do it now. And I don't know if he was irate. I wouldn't blame him if he was upset because there's no way you can argue the Browns are better without Joe Hayden. Um, you know, and there's a lot of speculation of, you know about why they, you know, why, why would the Browns need to, you know, relieve themselves of the cap space, you know, if, um, you know, just get, when they have all the money available already. I was going to say cap space is not you, Yeah, you read that report, though. You know, and Brock Osweiler, you know, was listed as a cancer in the locker room, which I could see. I mean, the guy wants to start. You know, he already has the appearance of a guy who calls everybody chief.
2: Um, you know, so when you, <laughs> yes. when you
3: put him in a locker room, like, you know, with a bunch of guys like that, I can't see how that would go well. And I don't know if there was more to the Hayden story. You know, there's there's, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. But, you know, I, I think that, that, that the truth kind of lies in the middle a little bit. Um, you know, he, he, that story may not have come from Hugh Jackson, so he could be being honest there. But it doesn't mean that the coaching staff wasn't a little bit upset that they have to go to, you know, go to war now every Sunday you know, with a, with, uh, with, uh, you know, quote-unquote lesser talent. Um, you know, Joe was abused yesterday, however. You know, the, I think his passer rating was a 130 or something against. I think he had wow. one pass defense and he allowed six more. So it wasn't like Joe was going to make or break this team. But uh, you know, you could. It's, it's tough to argue that uh, you know he wouldn't at least be better than the fourth or fifth defensive back on on, uh, on on the Browns right
1: now. The player that did get brought up yesterday after the loss, I felt like that a lot of people were saying would have made or braid that game was Miles Garrett um, out with the high ankle injury, and uh, you know from what I've heard, it's not going to be another two, possible three, four, five weeks after this. Do you have any insight on when the number one draft pick is going to be available for football action?
3: Yeah, they were very vague about. When they would be updating, they said in a few weeks. Um, you know, high ankle sprains are no joke, and when you're a defensive lineman, where offensive lineman and running backs, all they you know, all they need to do at that point, if you come back too early, and and a, and a running back is trying to pick up blitz, he's going right at the ankle. You know, he all he's going to do is try and try and chip you, and if if he comes back too soon, you know that's a season-ending kind of issue. So it's it's it, I don't. While I would have loved to have seen him yesterday and I would like to see him the next few weeks, especially against, you know, quarterbacks that may not exactly be 100% and Joe Flacco, potentially Andrew Luck on down the line, um, you know, the Browns need to be very, very careful with this because, you know, you could end up with a Courtney Brown situation really, really quick um, if you you don't play your hands right, you know, and again, it goes back to the coaching staff versus the front office. You know, the staff probably wants them out there. But you know they have invested a lot of money and a lot of losing. You can't, you can't rush it.
0: You can't rush it. And
3: you can't. You, you just can't rush it back. So even if he comes back week seven, week eight, um, you know it'll be exciting. Uh, and it's, it's it's unfortunate that it had to happen in the days leading up to week one. But they got to think big picture with this kid because he's. I, I still maintain he's an all world talent. And uh, you know if you if you bring him back too too soon, that's something that could really you know really tilt a career.
0: I totally agree i've been saying it since it went down. This is a ten year kid don 't screw around and try to like save a moral victory of like two games this year you're not going to win a ton of games this year anyway, so make sure your ten year kid is healthy and make sure he can be what everything we need him to be for the next decade. Another player people are talking a lot about and given the F fe- the opposite side of Miles Garrett has not been hurt i 'm hearing Joe Thomas is four snaps away from ten thousand plays in the NFL an NFL record and maybe it's just the Northeast Ohio bitterness in me, but I kind of feel like he gets paralyzed on Snap 3, right?
1: Jeez. <laughs>
0: like, I, hate to, I, dude, I hate to say it, dude. I do. I hate to say it, but, like, it is in the back of my mind, right? Like, it just – you kind of have to feel that coming out of the Browns, right?
3: I don't know. Yeah, You know, every you know, he is the, the consummate professional football player. He really is. Um, you know, he, he – You know, he's gotten a little chippy these last couple of years. You know, with you know being a little more opinionated and outward, and a little more outspoken, which is awesome to see, because he is kind of like the grizzled veteran at this point. Um, You know, I I, we're very, very lucky to have him on this football team. It's a shame they haven't been able to win more games with him. but, you know, you guys being in Canton, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, you know, because he's undoubtedly going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point.
0: See, Fanton
1: doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer. I know it's, <laughs> yeah. I I, it's not that I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. My point is he will walk into the Pro Football Hall of Fame as the biggest loser in that building. It's inevitable. It's just, it, that's yeah, just the Yeah, but it, and none of
3: it's his fault, though. I mean, it, everything, he's done everything that any team would ask of a, of, a, of any player, let alone a left tackle who's getting hit. Every single play, um, you know, he, he, he earns his Wednesdays off. You know, and I, I think, you know, even if he's a little banged up, the, the dude's going to take those snaps. You, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, to use your analogy, because paralyzed on three, they don't wheel him out there for four. Um, you know, just, uh, just, uh, just to have him on the field because the kid deserves the kid, The guy deserves it.
0: Joe Thomas' training table currently starting <laughs> starting on the offensive line. All right, uh, dude, so the Indians, I hear, are back in action tonight. Cookie on the mound, do they get 19?
3: I think so. Uh, it's tough to see when these guys are going to lose. I, I would think if they do give one up, you know, it's going to be, you know, if Danny Salazar hasn't looked exactly the best, or you, you could have one of these back-end rotation guys give up a few runs, um, you know, and kind of normalize, because even, like, you know, the Ryan Merritts and and uh you know, Clevengers of the world, you know, they're playing out of their minds right now. And that, that you would assume that that would kind of, you know, regress a Mike's little great. bit. But I do think they get it tonight.
1: Any concern that the Indians are peaking at the wrong time? Great question.
3: No, I think that, I think that, I I, I don't know if I buy that. Um, you know, I think there's a, they gave up a lot of games this year where we're looking at that team being like, where when are they going to pour this on? When are they going to turn it up? Where When are the real Indians going to show up? And I think we're looking at it. Um, you know, to go 18 games and not have Andrew Miller throw a single pitch in the streak, to not have Branley, to not have Kipnis, to not have a lot of these guys who would you consider four players, you'd um, be a part of this. I think they have, I think they still have some upside, which is kind of scary. Wow.
0: That's Scott from com. my man. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next Monday at 8.
3: Sounds good, guys.
0: Be good. I mean, I'm happy to hear him say that about Miles Garrett. I I agree. I think you just leave him alone. Just let him get healthy. Like, don't rush him back out to play with your new toy.
1: It's going to be hard because the Browns have this confidence right now, and they feel like, dude, we got to get this win. We got to get these victories. We got to do this. It's going to be tough for the front office to do.
0: I just think he's a 10 year kid, and you let him get all the way healthy so he can be everything you need him to be. More Stan'sbury show next on Rock 106.9.
2: 106.9.
0: Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. I want to thank Scott from WinningForNextYear.com for for joining us this morning at 8, as he does every Monday. I'm hearing that Wes Scantlin, lead singer, Puddle of Mud, arrested again.
1: Shocking. Who would have guessed it? Wes, never!
0: Apparently, this time, while trying to board a plane, if I can get this to pull up, apparently... The Puddle of Mudsinger frontman, Wes Scantlin, had another run-in with the law. This phantom uh, took place at LAX. He was attempting to get on a plane. TMZ reports he was busted for having a BB gun as he was trying to get on the plane. He was arrested, booked for the offense, as he should be, with bail set at $850,000. That's more money than Wes Scantlin has, right? For
1: sure, dude. Has to be. For sure.
0: There were other charges as well, but the gun offense is what sparked the arrest. The singer was on his way to Keller, Texas, where the band was set to play a show. Now, he's had plenty of trouble in recent years. Wes Cantlin has. Uh, he, we've seen him walk off of shows and like the band still playing while he was rambling in
2: the
1: microphone oh, about something. Yeah. Remember that oh, one? Yeah.
0: Where he just started talking in the middle of the song.
1: Yeah, 850000 way more money than he has, dude. You gotta think, like, when was the last time Paula Mudd was... Had a hit. Long time ago. When was the last time one of their tours was big? Long time ago. Like,
0: Life on Display was probably the last album that did anything. The biggest song off of that was Famous, which was like a CD level hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that was a decade ago, probably. If, oh, you know,
0: God, dude. Life on Display was probably... I'm gonna take... Uh, yeah, I'll take the over on a decade.
1: So, so you're getting into a territory here where he hasn't had any income coming in in quite a while, and now it's like, dude, how many legal problems has the guy had in the past five years? Countless. So you start to factor in all those court costs, all those lawyers, all those you know, all those different things, and yeah, dude. that's Well, the way divorce, more right? The didn't
0: the has. wife take the house? Like, didn't sure. he like show up at the house and th- said somebody stole his house? I mean, so yeah, money problems are definitely part of West Scantlin's
1: life. I think we might be Scott Stepan a little bit in there too. I don't know. It's a it's same a, guy. it's a blurry line. There. Same
0: guy. Apparently, uh, the band's management says, look. Punish- Puddle of Mud going to continue this tour. We're going to finish the tour. They say hopefully with Scantlin in place as their next show, I guess, is September 15th in Roanoke,
1: Virginia. How have they not found another singer at this point, right? I mean, like, well, I guess why do you have Puddle of Mud if it's not him?
0: That's what I was going to say is that, yes, in most cases, you you know what I mean? Find a replacement for the guy in the band. A little harder when you're talking about the lead singer. It's probably his band. Um, I, I just, why have you not dropped him from the label? Like, if they're not... They can't be bringing in... A t- I mean, I had friends who went to the show at the Odeon, and they said, yeah, there were not that many people there. No. And it was awful. Like, in... And- I mean, they're playing like pool halls and stuff. Like, why, right. why is the. I don't understand why the label is still behind West Scantland and Puddle of Mud. Like, yeah. sooner or later, you got to stop giving people their chances.
1: I, and I, I, I know that it's going to be one of those things where it's like, well, you know, who knows? Maybe they have another one in them, but they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, yeah, you hold on to something for too long, hoping that it turns into something, but they don't have another hit in them. They don't have another record in them. They don't even have a tour. And, uh,.
0: That first album was pretty good, though, right? I mean, you had Control. Um, Wasn't She Hates Me was on that one. Drift and Die was on that one. I mean, that first album, there was like massive potential for that band to be something big. And then after that, it really... It really kind of fizzled and I remember a buddy of mine I was working at a different radio station and I was like putting I pushed all my chips in the middle on Bottle of Mud when that record came out and I was like ah dude I gotta tell you this may be the next this may be the next thing this may be the next Nickelback the, the next like band that kind of like takes this torch and runs with it and my buddy was like no dude this is dude it was Seth the Barbarian as a matter of fact and he said to me he was like dude th- this is a one and done project and I thought he was nuts and sure enough in the end he was more right than I was on that it's just, man, this guy cannot keep his S together. And at some point, you're the record label and y- you got to just cut him loose. Why are
1: you dealing with the headache? Right. You know what I mean? You're, you're, it, it's, all, it's all, you know, If You're selling no 10 million assets, records
0: right. and you're making a bunch of money at the gate and all that stuff. Then, yeah, you deal with some rock star ish. But when it's like Wes Scantlin and 40 people at the rib cook off, then what are you doing? I just don't see the reason to stand behind the guy like that. It makes no sense to me. Looking ahead at it tomorrow. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. And Fantone, listen to this, buddy. Great lineup for tomorrow. I like this lineup a lot. You're getting new Beck, new Thomas Rhett, and new Kid Rock are all part of New Tour Tuesday tomorrow. If you're in a local band, singer, songwriter, rapper, anything, would like to be premiered on New Tour Tuesday, send me your stuff. Stansbury WRQK.com. Now make sure the song's edited. And give me a short little bio about the band so I can inform people of who you are. Maybe when your next show might be, when people can come see you live.
1: Compare your criminal record to Wes's from Puddle of Mud. And we'll see how it goes. Yeah, look at yeah. that! Look at
0: that! We'll fingerprint you for New Tour Tuesday tomorrow. Again, it's New Beck, New Thomas Rhett, New Kid Rock all tomorrow. Win your way to the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's nine o'clock on the Stan's Show. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Win your way out to Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll send you and a guest with you September 22nd, 23rd at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. You'll see DJ Callen, Miley Cyrus, Kings of Leon, Chris Stapleton, The Weekend Coldplay, and a trip for two to Vegas, for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah, Jesus, that's soon, too. Yeah, get your next
0: keyword at 9 o'clock. I have to thank a member of the audience. All right at Doozy9985 on Twitter sent me this, and I didn't know this was a thing, and I thought he was kidding. But he said, please tell me you've seen the new 9-11 movie, the trailer for it, starring one the one and only Charlie Sheen. And I thought he was kidding. I was like, he's got to be kidding. Me. So sure enough, I did a little research here. And I have the IMDB page for 9-11. And the here's the description. A group of 5 people find themselves trapped in an elevator in the World Trade Center's North Tower on 9/11. They work together, never giving up hope to try to escape before the unthinkable happens. In this movie is Charlie Sheen, Whoopi Goldberg, Gina Gershon. So it's like a who's who of nobody. <laughs> of like not people who would normally be like, "All right, that's who I want to go see in a movie right now." Louise Guzman is in this. How did this Oh, I mean, people want to make money is how it happened, yeah. but I, uh, I I, don't, I'm not wild about this. It feels a little, I don't know, it feels a little wrong. If you want to make a movie about like a true story of like a first responder, that's one thing. If you want to make a fake story about people, be, people being tra- trapped in that, I'm not wild about is
1: that. Is it inspired by true events or is it like, is that anything like that? I don't just,
0: see that yeah. listed anywhere in here. Um... It feels a little, and again, this is a big. This is a big phrase in 2017. It feels a little tone deaf to be.
1: I guess what difference is it between that and like war movies? You know, I mean, those are just as tragic, right? Yeah, right. I mean. I mean-
0: i don 't know this maybe nine eleven feels different because I was alive for it, like I wasn't alive for Vietnam, and so like maybe when you make a Vietnam movie and you know what I mean and i, yeah. I wasn't there i didn't live through it, so you know my my view of it's probably different
1: um I guess it, it, at some point though it's going to be like well, as you're getting older, there's just going to be more and more stuff that well you know the maker of this movie wasn't alive for it, or whatever the case is there um. I know what you're saying, and there is a little bit of like it, it feels it, exploitive. Um, but I, I guess that's just nature of the beast. That's Hollywood, you know. Though. That's that, that's that's how it's always going to go. And any time that you have. A movie that deals with a subject like this of, of, of something so serious and something so heavy in a national tragedy there is going to be a level of like well I can't believe you're making money off of that of course I get that
0: yeah I mean I know they did the like Nick Cage did a 911 movie yeah and um, I know I, whatchamacallit uh, didn't Mark Wahlberg do a movie about the Boston bombing yep. like he did that like yep. Patriots Day or whatever that was called and again though wasn't I think that was based on like an officer's like story of that happening yeah. so exposing like a story story that happened versus like hey we're going to take this awful thing and create a completely fictional story inside of it. I think that's where I have an issue.
1: Um I guess it's just giving it, you know,
0: An issue is not the right word. It's just it's uh, you know me and like I'm not one to get like offended, but it
1: doesn't like I wouldn't have wanted to be part of. This. Nobody, nobody will ever know the truth of like what those people went through in that day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And like, well, you know, and, and, and you can only go with what information you have. But as long as it's done with a respectful, you know, kind of tone to it, and as long as it's done kind of in tribute to, as opposed to an exploiting of, I don't have an issue with it.
0: I mean, I just I'm I wouldn't see it either. You know what I mean? Like no matter what, it's it's not going to be a movie I'm going to watch. Um, But it just I don't know, dude. What are Charlie Sheen and Whoopi Goldberg doing in a movie together?
1: Strange casting. I mean, yeah. What is it? 1988. Like Uh, what? I mean, what like what? What are those two doing? I mean, she's got a little bit.
0: I mean, I don't know. She's still on the View. I don't want to speak out of turn. I, I I would assume she's still on the View. I um, but I don't know that. I I just, it, it seems that, yeah, that's a weird pairing. Luis Guzman, it seems to be like just a weird, like, throw in kind of guy. Uh, I'm trying to get the, the, the trailer for this posted at WRQK.com but I am having some trouble with our admin site. So I don't know if I'm... Because a- dude, I can't open Facebook on my computer today either. So I don't know if I'm having network issues or, or what. I don't know. I've, I've got at least Facebook open on mine. So See, like Facebook will not open on my computer today. I don't uh,
1: know what's up with that. I, I'm, I'm looking at this tribute, or not the tribute, I'm sorry, the trailer for this 911 movie right now. And the thing that the article, which it's included in, calls it, the movie is gross, exploitive, and just plain terrible. So without necessarily seeing it I don't want to be like ah eh, well it's fine because if it's all those things then yes I understand why people are going to have an issue with it It
0: feels to me like Charlie Sheen wants to make money to help pay for a lot of his legal troubles that he's had I, recently
1: I wonder in it brings it up here about something with like truthers like people who are like oh 911 inside, inside jobs job. stuff like that I wonder if that's going to Oh god I mean now listen I don't believe that at all I certainly don't and I think that if you throw dramatic music and start saying like you ask questions of like well, could it have been an inside job? People are going to buy it just because you lead them. There have been a couple of things that have made that have raised my eyebrows. But
0: what I always go back to is, you know how many people would have to be in on that? And here we are 16 years later and nobody's broken their silence. Like that to me seems a little like is the government capable of horrific things? For sure they are, but this I don't know. This is a lot of people to keep a secret. My dad used to say to me all the time, "Daniel, three men can keep a secret if two are dead," and I just don't. You know what I mean? Like I don't see it being that possible.
1: I agree with that logic when it comes to like the fixing of pro sports. Um, when it comes to this, it, no, I don't. I'm not a 9/11 truther at all. I believe what happened happened. Um, but I, I know like what people say, like you know the. the perfect round hole in
0: uh, in the Pentagon, that's not the way a plane would explode in there. Steel
1: beams don't melt at that temperature. They always talk about. Yeah,
0: but I've, I've heard, but I've but I've uh, but I've seen YouTube videos where a guy like explains why that works, and it's like, yes, it, it, but here's why it works,
1: and here's why it would melt. Where was the plane left over from when it hit the Pentagon? Like, how come they never found that?
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I, I've seen a couple of things that do raise eyebrows. I'll be, I, I will admit, but I don't believe it was like a full on inside job. I don't buy that. Do I believe that terrorist organizations could have personnel in the United States working to help them? For sure. I don't think that to me is not the same thing as the government doing this. In conjunction with one another to make this happen. I don't buy that. Do I believe that there were some insiders and some people that looked the other way on things or were maybe paid to look the other way on things? Of course, every man and or woman will have their price. Ted DiBiase taught me that when I was nine years old. And like, so like, I I believe that that could have happened, but I don't believe it was like a, a government, like we're going to do this to our own people. I just, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that many people could keep a secret for that long. That's just my personal opinion on that. We do have have another trip for Vegas for the 2017 iHeart Radio Music Festival and you're gonna win it next on Rock 1069.
2: Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone, Just kiss your fruit cakes The Stansbury Show.
1: Chilling in the studes with
2: Medus on Rock 106.9.
0: Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. As if Monday's not bad enough if an idiot has just smacked into you in traffic, no worries. My buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason can give you a free, no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171. North Canton Collision repairs all makes, all models, and they also offer 24-hour towing, on-site rental cars, and state-of-the-art paint technology. If you've been in a collision, call North Canton Collision at 330-499-5171 330-499-5171 or visit northcantoncollision.com for more information. North Canton Collision, the folks you call if you've been in a collision,
2: big or small. Dansbury Show on Rock 106.9
0: And welcome back to the Dansbury Show on Rock 106.9 just sent somebody else out to Vegas for the 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival. If you didn't win, no worries. Teresa will get you hooked up with another keyword. She'll do it at 11 o'clock this morning. So stick around, be listening to her and win your way out to Vegas. For that
1: 2017 iHeartRadio Music Festival Star studded lineup Legal weed Free trip to Vegas Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that
0: It's not a bad trip It's right? not
1: This is the right time to be going to Vegas
0: Hell yeah dude This is the right time to be going I'm actually uh, planning a trip I'll be probably heading out for, uh, for the Christmas season And uh, I'm trying to figure out when I want to be there And when I want to come home I think I want to go early and fly home on Christmas night Any reason why I kind of want to spend New Year's Eve here. Okay, I've done New Year's in Vegas, and it is—it's awesome. But I kind of want to—I uh, I, kind of want to be back home. I don't know why. It's not like I'm gonna have a date or anything.
1: What's your big plans? What do you got going on? Nothing, oh man, nothing. No,
0: no, I'll probably be asleep by eleven. Yeah, I was, gonna say I was saying, like I was telling Fantone earlier this morning. You know, I went to Alice Cooper on Saturday, and. All day I was like, man, I should probably take a nap. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it through the entire Alice Cooper show. And I was like, how the hell's he gonna do it? Dude's 69 years old.
1: That's probably why he didn't headline. That's probably why he was he was D Purple. The dude's gotta get back to bed. Yeah, let me tell you, D Purple phoned it in. Really? Oh, they phoned it in. I, I <laughs> like how they say, like, oh, it's our going away, our continued going away tour, and it's like, guys, just go away, like leave. We're done. Yeah,
0: like the singer just was not into it. At all. But Alice put on a great show. Like, Alice Cooper was fantastic, I thought. And I think, again, expectations will, de- you know, depict your happiness. And I just was kind of like, do you need to temper this? You know what I mean? You've loved Alice Cooper since you were a kid, but this is not Billion Dollar babies Alice. It's just not. Like, he's an old man now. But he was excellent, man. Like, I really enjoyed it. Played all the hits. Played, played everything you wanted to hear. And actually, you know what? Maybe I'll find that for tomorrow. Because I'll have to look at what the set list was the other night, Fantone. But he played a song off the new album, which the label sent me. And the person who took me to the show was a huge Alice Cooper fan. So right. I gave her the album. I was like, here, you know, the label sent me this and you'll listen to it more than I will. But he played a new song off the record. And I remember turning to one of the guys we were with, a guy named Dave, who was really uh, cool. It was the first time I ever met him, it was a really cool guy. And I said, I was like, dude, this new song's way better than I would think 2017 Alice would be. And he's like, I have to agree. He's like, this is pretty good. Alice was fantastic, man. We were, uh, before the break, talking about 9-11. Right. Obviously, we sit here on the you know 16th anniversary of, and again, I just, I've just i said it all morning, I, I just that word anniversary doesn't feel like the right term to use. When I hear
1: anniversary, I think of my parents celebrating their marriage. Are we being idiots right now? Are we not thinking of the right thing? Are it's we possible. Not? And if we are, somebody tell us what we're trying to think of here, because I can't think of anything better either than anniversary, and that's wrong. That is, it's the wrong word. And we were talking
0: about how there are people who believe it's an inside job. And I said, you know, I just feel like that's a lot of people to keep the same secret. I, not that it's impossible. It just seems unlikely is the word I'll use. And a guy says to me, he's like, dude, you just did a story this morning about West Scantland not being able to get on a plane with a BB gun, but middle-aged Muslims hijacked four planes. Yeah, it was an inside job. And I reminded this guy that, dude, we didn't start cracking down on airport security until after 9-11. Right, that, was the whole right, com- right. that was the whole conversation in the country like two days after that happened, which is what do you mean we weren't checking luggage that got that got bagged and stuff like that. What do you mean we weren't checking the under uh, under part of the plane?
1: Which is a very valid point. I really do. You look back on things and you're kind of like, oh my God, how is that even a possibility? But I mean, that was the way of the world. I know Pittsburgh's airport, I think just recently, is now allowing non-passengers to go up to the gate, and that's the first airport it's since a, 9-11. It,
0: yeah, you still go through TSA, but only people who are non-ticketed use this section of it. Okay. So it's not... Not like impeding people who were actually getting on the plane. It's like a separate place you go. I read about that, and I thought about it. I was like, man, should we be doing that um, it, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going through TCA, se- right. you, know, you know, TSA
1: security, then yeah, why not? Right. At that point, I, I, I can I can understand why you would let that happen um, when it comes to the 9-11 conspiracy theories in the in the you know, well, there was explosions at the bottom of the tower and then there was the building that blew up and nobody knew why um, I said it before. And you put dramatic music behind something and you present it to a scared public who's really not that smart. Of course, it's going to be very easy. To kind of drum that up and kind of like get them going and like yeah yeah yeah. Um, How many people though would it really take for that to have been an inside job? Hundred guys, two hundred less than? I'll take the over on two hundred. I mean, what? What? You know what I mean? Like how?
0: Well, to set the charges, right? In well, two but, towers? But
1: they're still flying the planes into it. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily know if it was something where they were setting the setting the charges. I'm just saying couldn't... Well, it,
0: that's been the argument, though, is that like the planes caused part of it, and then they had charges in the building, and we hit those, and then that's how the rest of the building came down. So you'd have to set those pre to it happening... And I don't know, it's how many floors were in each one of those places? Uh, two buildings. I mean, that's going to be what, 10, 15 guys alone there, which is a far cry from 200. Um, probably what, 10, 15, 20 people at the airports uh, or, or for the airlines. Um I don't know another twenty fifty at the at the Pentagon. I don't know, dude. Like,
1: See, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Is like, I don't buy it, but you know, just just the concept of like, well, there's too many people. I don't know if that's enough for me to be like, no, totally not possible. Um, and I also think it's funny too how people who were such nine eleven truthers and uh, you know, not all of them, I'm sure, but I think a decent part of them nowadays are the same people who would be like. Yo, what do you mean you're sitting down during the national anthem? You better respect your country. You better respect the government. And it's like, well, dude, if the government was capable of of the greatest terror attack that has ever happened on our, you know, has killed more Americans than anything else, like, should I really be like, if you're a yeah. nine, if you're a nine eleven truther, it puts you, you, you can't, you then can't, Colin
0: Kaepernick sitting for the national anthem should be what you're all about. Right,
1: you can't be waving the flag today. That's you fair. Can't like they, that is those, fair. Those are two separate things.
0: There. As a as a non nine eleven truther, I do kind of agree with that. Sarah tweeting in says, how about the sixteen. 16- 9-11 commemoration. Versus
1: anniversary.
0: Okay. Again, that feels like commemorating something
1: feels like honoring it.
0: It feels like I'm trying to honor it with that word. Yeah, right. There's just not a great term for this. Not that that you're wrong, Sarah. It's just, you know, there's just doesn't feel like a great term for it. I
1: guess anniversary can be, you know, your parents being married for 50 years, um, but it's also just that it's the the word that marks. It's been a year, it's been a consecutive, you know, 365 days.
0: It's probably how we as Americans view the word because of what we most often, you know, link it to, which is marriage. That's like the first word or first thing that that I think of when I think anniversaries. I think of people being married. It's the first thing I think of. I just I I under there have been some decent points on inside job stuff and there has been some stuff that's like, well, wait, that is a little weird. But I just I can't I can't go all the way there. And it feels a little tin hat to me, tinfoil hat to me. But I guess right. Like, isn't that how that stuff works? Is like you know what I mean? To Who said that is like, if you're going to tell a lie, make it completely insane and tell it and just keep telling it and people will believe it. You know what I mean? Make the lie big, tell it as often as you can and people will buy it. So I I guess, I mean, maybe there's some truth in that, but I just, I don't see, I don't see this as being
1: something that we did. And maybe I don't want to. Yeah, there's a part of that. And I would hate to live in a country where I felt like that was and, true. And then there's a part of just blatant American ignorance where it's like, well, I don't know enough about it, therefore I'm not going to believe it, and I'm not going to bother doing the research. No, I think that can apply to both ways there. Both where it's sides. Like, sure. Where if you're, a, if you're a 9-11 truther and it's like, well, dude, do some research instead of just reading the blogs that reaffirm your beliefs. But on the same time, I'm sure plenty of people could say that's me as a non-believer of that, that like, yo, dude, if you did your homework on this, your opinion might change. Uh, Chris tweeting in says, how about in memoriam? And again, Again, that doesn't. Yeah, the sixteenth in
0: memoriam. Yeah, it doesn't mark the the, like the fact that this is how many years since we've been there. Um, We did do an in memoriam earlier with a little piece of audio. We're going to
1: end the show with that again today. Um, I just feel like that's probably the responsible thing to do. And just as a heads up, um, I, I, I got a message about somebody who was like, well, why is Obama on that? And I'm like, well, because when Obama was president, he was, you know, he was president when Osama bin Laden was killed, and he was the president when I put this thing together. So if I can find something of President Trump that is... is, is well, he'll
0: make his statements today, right, I would imagine. I, I was
1: going to say, and I just don't have access to the future right Believe now. Believe me, he
0: will make a statement today, and, we're probably gonna, and we'll run that for you again tomorrow. Yeah, I, I did. When you first aired that, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. But then i thought about it it's like well i mean he was a president when we got obama osama
1: and i made it last year so and and, and it
0: feels honest. like i mean he, he did he was in charge for cleaning up a lot of that mess afterward you know what i mean so like stuff happened I mean, yeah i mean he was the leader of the free world for eight years and he weighed in on it a couple of times and like yeah he was the president when they caught osama so of course we were going to throw in him having something to say and again it wasn't to leave trump out on purpose he'll he'll make his statements either today i would imagine um i, I actually i follow him on twitter and i haven't seen anything yet this morning that now don't quote me he may have he may have tweeted something but i have not seen it
1: yet. i saw him do like a moment of silence at the white house or maybe it was the pentagon i'm sorry where they did but i haven't heard him say anything so that's why i couldn't put it in the audio
0: i would imagine that the leader of the free world president donald trump will make an official statement on 9-11 today at some point and uh, we will definitely we will have that audio for you and we, you know we'll play it for you tomorrow he just hasn't done it as of yet but we will run that audio for you to end the program a little later today. Fantone, I do have what they say are the six most common sex problems for couples who are just, you know, for, for couples who are with one another and only one another. They are they have six common sex problems, and I have the list, and we'll run it down for you next on Rock 106. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Ray Show on Rock 106.9. One of our favorite pastimes as a program is during the commercial break, we'll both check, like, social media, and, like... <laughs> One of us will find, like, something that really annoys the crap out of us, and we know the other one hates it, too. So we'll say, oh, my God, don't you hate when people do this? And we'll just bitch back and forth to one another. And today's Phantom's thing is, is all of you people (laughs) that are, like, Halloween crazy. And, dude, you you were so funny going off about this.
1: Well, it's true, dude. I mean, people who are like... Oh yeah, you know, Halloween's coming up, and that's my Super Bowl, that's my Christmas, that's my Black Friday. I'm like, dude, what are you doing with your life? We're we we're, we're going to a Halloween party, that's your Super Bowl. That's like the one time a year you're like, dude, time to get hype over this one. You're 50. God. <laughs> what are you God. doing? God. Maybe, maybe make going to work your Super Bowl every day.
0: Jeez, people. I love Dude, my favorite thing you said though, you left out the <laughs> I'll wear black until they find something darker to wear.
1: Shut up. <laughs> just shut up. I love it. God.
0: Everything's pumpkin spice. Dude, they have like pumpkin spice cough drops now. Saw that. Which I gotta be honest with you. I'm not a pumpkin spice fan. Like, I don't, I don't understand that flavor. Like at Thanksgiving dinner, I'll have a slice of pumpkin pie. Right. But I'll put six tubs of cool whip on it to make right. it edible. Like, might dude, as well just eat the cool whip. If, right, exactly. If you give me pumpkin pie and there's no cool whip, I'm not eating it. Because the flavor's not any good.
1: Um, it's definitely It's the contrast. It's one of those things where if it was that good, we would eat it year round. I mean, it's not like I couldn't grow pumpkins in, in you know, in other times. Um, but I'm somewhere in the middle, like at some point my girlfriend will inevitably be like, Hey, it's got a Starbucks and I'll be like, All right, it's fall pumpkin spice latte but you just need to calm down with the people it's yeah, not well, that big of
0: a dude, deal dude yeah well pumpkin spice latte is like the fishing net for white bitches yeah, oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah yeah like that's exactly what it is like got you and here you know here you are i uh i always skip past that like i do like i um i'm not a fan of like the pumpkin spice latte thing but i like the christmas stuff
1: yeah like like peppermint mocha yeah something. like
0: the peppermint mocha like i'll buy peppermint mocha creamer from my house during christmas season because i do i kind of like it Tastes good. Plus, having flavored coffee creamer in your house helps. There you go. You may not always want it, nope. but you know what I mean? When when that stranger wakes up and you're making them coffee and be like, bitch, your Uber's here. Hey, bro, <laughs> do you want some coffee? And, and you know, and you give her the to-go cup there, she should at least drink something she kind of likes walking out the front door there.
1: I'm glad you're keeping her feelings and, and taste in consideration <laughs> as you boot her out the door. Dude,
0: I keep wine in my house. I'll never drink See either.
1: See you later, bitch. <laughs> have a cup of coffee that you like, even though I hate you.
0: That's why I have to-go Jeez. cups in there too. No, no, no. Not, don't take my coffee mug. here. Here's a but. I even have the nice little sleeves that go over them, buddy. I don't want her burning her hands. No, very thoughtful of you. She's up, probably yeah. already going to burn when she pees right, when she I was leaves. I say,
1: burning in the genitals, <laughs> same thing there, huh? No. Jeez.
0: No, of course not. That's not true. And actually, that's what we're going to talk about right now, the All six right. common sex problems. They say couples, Fantone, have Pretty much the same kind of sex problems, you know, the longer you've been in a relationship with, with one sense. another. And I'm single, you're not, you're in a committed relationship, but I have, I remember these, and I would imagine that you're having, is suffering some of these. And one of them here, and again, I bet this is men, they say, my partner hates oral sex. They say, utilizing things that will enhance your pleasure while making oral sex more comfortable for your partner can help. For instance, they say, if feeling self-conscious about body odor is something that's holding your partner back, suggest
1: taking a shower together first, and maybe, you know, you handle oral in the shower. Um, I really am a fan of shower before and shower after sex. I know that seems seems like a lot, but it just just makes sense to me. I want to be clean. I want to be like, I want you to be clean I before want their, we get dirty right before we get you know and then after you have sex you're gonna have to go take a shower anyway so I, I i buy into that um and as far as it goes with like you know well got married and never never have to do that again um it's just different for me because I'm not, like, an oral sex enthusiast. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, yo, I hate it. But, like, it's not, like, my favorite thing in the world. Therefore, I don't request it very much. Therefore, it just doesn't, it's not too much of a problem for me. I just hear married dudes bitch
0: about it all the time. All
1: the time. And so I don't know if it's just, like, the thing dudes bag on their
0: wives for or right. and if it's as bad as, like, because, dude, I'll play golf. with Like, most of the guys I know are married, right? And so you get them out on the golf course and that's all they want to do is bash their wives. That's all uh, they want to do. It's just like, dude, she sucks at this, and she's terrible about this, and she's gonna be mad when I come home late.
1: I I I hate my wife slash family, and I hate my job. Are like the two things you have to bitch about, right? Because everybody has it in
0: common. Most people have that in common, so they say here another thing you can do to get you know the the opposite sex involved in some oral sex if that's your thing is you know bring food into it, whipped cream, chocolate sauce, or whatever, right? And uh, you know, and and that goes with it. So you know, yes, appeal to the fat American. Yep.
1: Just be like Costanza, get that pastrami sandwich going. There you go.
0: Another problem they say here is that libidos are like night and day between men and women. And we've heard this. Men hit their sexual peak early. Women hit it a little late. And so if you actually date within your age group, you can actually be be at opposite ends of that, which is always, which I have always found so odd when people like scoff at at age differences in relationships, because aren't you on some level doing it the right way?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if that's if you play into the stereotype there, because like they say, like, oh, well, you hit your sexual prime at 18. I don't know if I necessarily feel that way. I feel like as I kind of got older, I think not only did I get better at sex, but I had more of an appetite for it as well. Now don't get me wrong, at 18, I was totally like, "Oh my god, dude, boobs. Oh my gosh, dude, that's a vagina. Oh, that's the best thing in the world." But like, I think I really developed kind of further along like later into my 20s at, at, at the very least. So I don't know if I necessarily am in that, you know, stereotype. I would have to admit that the older I got, like I'm definitely
0: feeling the reduction in my in my libido. Right? Like, I'm definitely feeling the reduction. Like, I need sex now a hell of a lot less than I ever did before. Right. Like, if, if I was in a relationship dating the same person, I think probably three to four times a week and I'd be like all
1: right I'm good oh and I, I think most people would say three or four times a week is that'd be that's high numbers still, that's still high that'd right be high numbers for them um but that's why you really should be honest and talk to your partner and if you feel like you're not getting enough sex like you have to say that and as partners go like you're in this together so you kind of do need to be like all right well that's more sex than I want to have or I think I'm going to want to have sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and be like all right well he, I know he wants to do this and I I, I know this is important to or him. she or right this is how we feel yeah. close together This is, you know, and... I, I, it's not like it's not like me and my girlfriend to say like all right well, if we don't have sex three times this week there's something wrong, but there is a little bit of like on average is
0: that what it is about three four times a week
1: three to four times a week there sometimes it's like dude Cause like, I gotta
0: tell you sometimes I hear you talk and I
1: just feel like that's all you guys do is bang and like don't talk sometimes sometimes it's like, dude, we had sex, oh my God, we had sex three times today like that's crazy and then sometimes it's like well we only you know we, we've had sex three times in the last two weeks it's just one of those things I think where schedules and personalities and like what you have going on in your life things are going to change
0: i remember like i like once upon a time you know again i was younger so my libido was crazy and i remember my girlfriend at the time was like jesus this is all you want to do and i remember saying to her i was like dude if they put the big dipper in the backyard i'm gonna ride it every day too like you're like this is amazing what do you mean i want you here they say another problem that couples have is that they want to try sex toys but the partner's not into it and again you can hurt people's feelings if you know what i mean by by an especially a man because men are fragile they, they really are about their sexual prowess. Men are very fragile about this. And if a woman, I could see this being a problem. If a woman suggests using sex toys, you can make a man feel like he's not enough. And yeah. that's unrealistic. That's probably not true is what it is. It's just, like you know, there are sexual aids that that can help both both sides. But I can see a man being hurt by that.
1: Well, I, and I think it depends, you know, where you are in the relationship and where you guys are in your sex life. Because it's one thing if you're like, you know, you're both a little prude, maybe, you know, shirts on, lights off, and you, you're just not meshing well together. If you're like, hey, I want to use this small vibrator because I feel like I can orgasm better due to my clitoris because of this, that's fine. But if you're pulling out the King Kong double dong and just being like, this is what I need and this is what you're not bringing to the party um, I can understand why a guy would feel some issue with it. I remember I
0: was dating this girl one time and we were in her bedroom and we were about to have sex and she was like reach underneath the bed and like she was like pull that box out and I knew what she was saying and I got in there and dude that thing was massive
1: just, I think that's why they call it the King Kong. No, I'm saying the, <laughs> oh, box. the box. There were
0: so many options of those toys in there. And she's like, well, Dan, I was single for a long time before you and I met. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, then, yeah, I didn't think about it that way.
1: And guys, stop being afraid of it and start accepting it. Start being okay with it. Start being, like, supportive of it. Yeah, that's and, how a robot's gonna kind of take your job. Well, though. but that <laughs> but what I'm saying is that's how you're going to get access to a sex robot eventually. Like, when it's 30 years from now and they're all, like, you know, you know, 29 or, two, you know, 200. That's a fair point. Lay that groundwork now so that the next generation, so your children, so your son can have sex with a sex robot and his wife won't think anything of it.
0: Another problem they say couples have uh, in their sex life is that they have sex on the regular Fantone, but they don't always feel emotionally connected. And that. I yeah. guess, I mean, sure, it's going to happen. I'm not unrealistic, but it does feel a little sad to me because then if you're not emotionally connected, then what am I in this relationship for? Right. I can have sex with
1: anybody. It's, it's, it's the intimacy that I want. Um, I think there's going to be sex. Which Next is on Dr. Phil. Sex that's just maintenance sex. And it's like, well, you haven't done it in a while. I haven't Knock done it in out. a while. Knock it out. But for the most part, whether it's, whether it's like you know making love or effing, you, there should be some emotional connection.
0: You need, a, you need a combination of both those activities. I I think with any good s- s- sex uh, life you need a little bit of both. You need to you know you need to love make occasionally, but then you need to like bang like strangers. And the number one problem they say is we had a baby and our sex life tanked. And yeah, I would imagine. I I know from like from the female side they can say you know uh, like. They have physical injuries and then there's like, you know, postpartum is another thing that that, that causes that. And I know for a lot of married men who I know who have had, you know, babies with their wives tell me like, dude... I love my wife. I would never want to be married to anybody else. We're emotionally connected like that. I love her. She's the perfect partner for me. But I made the mistake of sitting in the delivery room and I just have a hard time viewing her as like something to like throw down on the bed and take advantage of because I watched her birth my child. And now I view her as like the white like the mother of my kids versus like a sex object. Now that's probably more that's probably better than 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 it is not. Okay. But I will will tell you that they don't stop being a sexual being once they give you no, their, their kid. So like not. you're gonna have to occasionally gear up and like treat her sexually the way you once did. Otherwise, she's gonna want to find it
1: somewhere. I mean, like milf porn exists for a reason. Like that's a part of the title. There is that she is a mother. Um, and I think that you know with 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 that with stuff like that, you know, maybe a part of the problem is there is like, dude, you you, you don't look at her as a sexual object anymore, and maybe that's appropriate. Maybe that's there okay. is a little bit of like, and you know how you could probably solve that of like, well, I just don't know if I can get attracted to her anymore or stuff like that. Like then stop masturbating. And if she's the only outlet you have into the world of orgasm, you're going to find a way to find her sexually attractive. Gender. And you're eventually gonna- chop her head off. <laughs> <'cause> she does <shouldn't laughs> not
2: give
0: you enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what happens there. That's horrible advice. You. So normally you're on it. That one. Dude, I had to step in there. I think dude. that's, I think that's how we end up with a lot of headless women.
1: I'm saying that like, if you, if, if, if you can't find sexual release there, you're probably doing something wrong in that equation. No, I would agree with that. Stop, stop acting like she's going to be a porn star and start acting like she's going to be your partner. And I think that you maybe, maybe you'd be a little bit more lucky in the love, the apartment there.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't hurt her to act like a porn star every now and every and again. now and then. Every now and again, it's a it's a, it's a give and take thing there. But I, I think a lot of people blame the baby. And sometimes it's just age. Like, sometimes it's just like, you know what, dude, it's 9.30, I'm tired, I got an early meeting, no, I don't want this. I think people blame the baby a lot for, for that problem. But again, I've never had one, so maybe m- maybe it's more true than I'm giving it credit for. We have a little audio um, remembrance of 9-11, and we're going to end the program by airing that for you. That will be next on Rock 106.9.
2: Dan Stansberry. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit picks. The Stansberry Show. Chilling
1: in the studes with my dudes.
2: On Rock 1069. This is
3: at the World Trade Center. Obviously a major fire there, and there has been some sort of explosion. We don't fully know the details. There is one report, as of yet unconfirmed, that a plane has hit the World Trade Center. And you can see that there is smoke there coming out of at least two sides of the building. We're being told a second plane, a
2: second plane crashed into the building on the opposite end.
3: That's
2: on purpose. North of the World Trade Center, the second building that was hit by the plane has just completely collapsed.
3: Our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts.
2: 9-11 will always be a day that represents humanity at its worst and humanity at its best.
3: Make no mistake, The United States will hunt down
2: and punish those responsible for these cowardly acts. Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world, that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden, the leader of Al-Qaeda. They were our neighbors, our friends our husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, children, and parents. They were the ones who rushed in to help. 2,983 innocent men, women, and children. We have asked their families to come here, to speak the names out loud, to remind each of us of the person we lost in New York, in Washington, and Pennsylvania. So on this solemn day, at this sacred hour, Once more, we pause. Once more, we pray.
0: There you hear a little audio. Surrounding 9-11, and again, um, you know, people... Raised some eyebrows over the fact that Obama's heard in that, and Donald Trump is not, and that is not by design. We didn't leave him out on purpose. That's just, I believe, he'll be making his statements later today. And Fantone actually just pulled that from something that we ran last year, which is why you're hearing
1: that. Can't go into the future. uh,
0: Yeah, no, we just whatever. I'm sure he will make statements today, and we will run them tomorrow. This was that was not a concerted effort not not to air Donald Trump. I know a lot of people feel like we're negative on him, or down on him, or hate him, which that's really not the truth. Actually, I've never seen. Uh, And dude, I hate to give fans home credit for anything, but I've never seen a liberal, like an ultra left liberal. Be this common sense about Donald Trump and not just hate him for the sake to hate him because he's on the other side. Actually, dude, you do a, a very good job on that. A lot of people on your side of the aisle can't do that, and you do a pretty good job on that.
1: I one. do my best. I try to be a logical adult about most things. Yeah, in you're life. not the worst. Um, and actually, I know he is speaking right now, so is it's he? one of those things that, sorry, I'm we going to in, in life, the future. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I,
0: you know, they were supposed to put a TV in here and so I could have the news live, but then my boss was like, no, your studio's the one where I'm not putting the TV in. I don't know why, but for some reason, he won't do it. I do want to make you aware of this, and that's hand-in-hand. A benefit for the hurricane relief will air... Tuesday night, as America comes together to help the families impacted by Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma, you'll see Beyonce, Justin Bieber, Drake, Blake Shelton, Jamie Foxx, George Strait, Ryan Seacrest, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Matthew McConaughey, Oprah Winfrey, and more. You can listen to that. That will be at 8 o'clock tomorrow evening on our sister station, 98.1 WKDD. So aside from that, we are done for the day. We will be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon.